Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Satan is his father, and his name is Adrian. He shall overthrow the mighty and lay waste their temples. He shall redeem the despised and wreak vengeance in the name of the burned and the tortured. Hail Adrian! Hail Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you listen to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. Claro que si, se llama Harrison. Harrison, how uh, how was your Thanksgiving holiday? It was fine. You, you look well rested. You had like a four day weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah does does that my, count when you're unemployed? No. Every day time is a four is, day weekend. Time is irrelevant. Time's know? meaningless. Yeah, time is yeah. meaningless. Did you actually do like a traditional Thanksgiving thing, like go to a, a dinner? Yeah, and eat turkey. Friend of mine's parents. I go uh, there every year, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we've talked about that in the past. Yeah, yeah. Piper Laurie goes there too. Oh yeah. yeah right. Topher Grace. No, no. Just Piper uh, Laurie. Just Piper Laurie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some name dropping. Yeah. Apparently, Reagan was very rapey on the set of I don't know Cattle Queen of Montana or whatever. Yeah, but I've heard that about that guy. He yeah. looks he looks like he was kind of gropey, mm. like to grope a bit. Oh yeah. Got away with it in the later years, you know, being dementia and, right. and all that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I went down to San Diego, hanging out with the girlfriend's family. I was going to go spend time with uh, my sister and my brother this year, but my mm. sister ended up going to Michigan, so I had no choice but to uh, drive down to San Diego with the girlfriend's family, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which, is, which is fine. It's a good Thanksgiving. I just, I'm not a big fan of Thanksgiving, but uh, prior to uh, my drive down there, um, her, her grandmother's in town from, uh, from New Jersey. And uh, her parents drove up, and we all went to the Magic Castle a couple nights before Thanksgiving. Oh, right. Wasn't that like why we couldn't do the podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, had yeah. To shift, okay. we had to shift the day mm. we're doing it because I had to go to the Magic Castle. And it's a thing, the Magic. That's the thing. I don't know a lot of people. I th- I'm sure we've spoken about the Magic we Castle have, on the show on before. On multiple occasions, we've ranted um, about it. And it's something that, uh, like, in, in L.A., mm. Of everybody just loves the Magic Castle, or they've they've heard about it, but they've never been to it. Mm. So there's this like air of mystery about the Magic Castle. I'll tell you, people, I'll shatter that bubble right now. It sucks. Magic yeah. Castle sucks. It's overrated, and it's not fun, and it's really expensive. Yeah, I I don't see the appeal of that place. You got to wear a suit. Guys have to wear suits. And uh, women have to have like formal evening wear on. Yep. Because you can't just wear like a you know, like a button down. You have to have a suit and tie to get in there. Right. That's kind of annoying. It is. You know. And then you got to show up. And then not only do you do you go in there, you get you have to be invited by a member or a magician or to a get vampire in, or a vampire. Mm. Um, you got to pay a fucking admission fee. Yeah. It's like thirty five bucks. Yeah. So it's like thirty five bucks to get in, and then you got by dinner. Even though, yeah, even though Los Angeles is a major city, um, it's a major city where I, I don't know either people aren't or they try not to be as jaded as people in other cities. So people like to act like fucking rubes 
in situations like this where they're like, well, golly, look at that man's making the cars move fast. Well, there's a lot of, you know, that being said, there's a lot of tourists that go there. Well, people who don't live in LA. Yeah. But then there's like, you know, the, the magician and their friends. And I feel like the Magic (laughs) Castle is a place where dorks can feel like they're really fucking cool. Right. You know? Yeah. Because magicians on the whole suck. Yeah. I've, I've never been a fan. I'm not impressed by your stupid card, coin, and ring tricks. I, who cares? Look, you're talking to the man whose girlfriend left him for a magician. God, I'm All surprised right? you didn't do yourself in Come on. at that you point. Know? Yeah, I no, mean, so the, but these guys, like, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a member of the Magic Castle. I can, I can take you, you and your family into Magic Castle. And, and girls are so impressed by that. Yes. You know, and it's always like, there are no female magicians. It's always just these dorky dudes, these like guys who are, you know, probably were virgins up until they're like, they finally were lucky enough to get laid at the Magic Castle. Correct. You know, because now they're magicians and you and you got to audition to get into there. So it's like, you're, you know, you, you audition for a bunch of other magicians with your stupid card tricks and the ring trick. Mm. It's like all the, all their tricks are exactly the same. Yeah. It's all the stuff and it's all the stuff they get you in, in that like. My first magician kit when you're like eight. When you're eight years old, the yeah. same deal. It's like, and it's, I, I, I guess you learn a couple new card tricks yeah. as you get older. And then like the rings, it's just, it's so lame. Like they, and then on top of like, you know, go in there and like you see like the magicians mm. around in the different rooms, you got to go get tickets. You got to get tickets for the shows. Yeah. So then you got to, like, there's like big shows going on in the different rooms. You got to queue in line with a bunch of other assholes to get in and see a bunch of dickheads on stage doing more card tricks. Yeah. But like this one show, like the big show of the night was these Spanish magicians. Mm. And everyone's like, oh my God, the one guy won the magician tournament of the world <laughs> award or whatever. And he's, you know, they're, they're amazing and they're from Spain. Same fucking shit. Yeah. The dude, one dude did like a bunch of coin tricks where coins were disappearing and falling into cups. And the other guy comes out with not just cards, big cards. So he was doing big card tricks. I wanted to shoot myself and I, a few others in the vicinity. I thought something else happened to you there. Well, you just... getting, getting, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So anyway, right. you get, you go to do all that shit and then you got to eat there. And yeah. that's what pisses me off. Like if it was just go there and you, you pay for a few overpriced drinks and see some stupid card tricks. Yeah. Big fucking deal. I could deal with that for a couple hours. But no, if you're invited by a magician, you got to sit through a fucking meal at the Magic Castle, which isn't, and, and like the worst part about it, you can't just be like, I'll have a salad. You actually have to order an entree. Like the magician that got us in there was like, let me just remind yeah. everybody at the table, you have to have an entree. And it's just like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, that's, so people love being told what they have yeah. to do. At so a sure enough, we all get, and the, you know, the food's good. Have you ever seen an escape act there? No. I haven't either. I've only seen cards, rings, and I was coins. thinking like Hugh Jackman clones and tanks, and they're going to be like, I'm going to hang myself from this noose. Well, chain, you know. I wish I could have escaped when the bill some came. Some kind of shit that turns me on. I thought I was going to see it. I didn't. I wish know? I could have escaped when the bill came yeah. because it's, it was mm. fucking. So get this. I'm there with my girlfriend, mm. her parents, uh, her cousin, his girlfriend, mm. and uh, her grandma, and this magician guy. Okay. And so the bill comes. And I don't know, I was just, you know, when the bill comes like that, I'm not, I'm not sitting there pulling out a calculator and figuring out exactly how much I owe or whatever. I just assumed I'd pay for me and my girlfriend mm. and a portion of the magician guy that got us in. So I just kind of give my card. And then, like, uh, you know, the, the waitress comes back with a bill, hands, me, hands it to me. 
And the only p- other person who put, the, put a car down mm-hmm. was her dad. And oh. that bill came to about $780. We split it in half. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And her grandma, you know, you know, obviously I'm not going to like make a scene there. I was almost going to go full Larry David mode. Like, come yeah. on, grandma. Yeah. Come on, cough it up. Yeah. I mean, she's really wealthy. I mean, she's really wealthy. Comes from like, you know, very you know, blue blood area of like of New York. Well, I'll tell you how she didn't get wealthy. She didn't get wealthy by fucking throwing her car down. <laughs> throwing at, her car at, down, at apparently not. Dinners, you know, so anyway, um, it was just kind of like, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? We'll, we, we can square up later. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, yeah, let's square up now, motherfuckers. Mm. But so whatever, we split the bill. Next thing you know, go and do a bunch of, see some more fucking card tricks and ring toss so or whatever. you paid for half the bill. Yeah. Okay. But it was like, dude, 380 bucks without yeah. the tip. So on top, it was an expensive fucking meal because they were ordering bottles of wine. What about her cousin? Her cousin was... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I was just sitting there. So then I was put in this position because no one, no one, he was like, oh, yeah. I'll, Venmo, I'll Venmo some money to you. Mm. And her mom's like, oh, we'll PayPal you later. No one did. Mm. So then I was in that position of like, I just hate being the Shylock and having yep. to go track down my money. Mm. You, know, you know that? You know oh, that, yeah. that feeling? No. When you have to, like, whenever I fucking lend, somebody lends me money, I make sure I don't put them in the position where they have to go fucking track me down because I fucking hate that shit no you know? that exactly yeah. i will pay you back when yeah. i say i'll pay you back mm. if you loan me i don't like to borrow money from people but if like if a bill comes to the table we'll split it and deal with it then so avoid any of the awkwardness mm. but sure enough over thanksgiving i'm like sitting here like when should shylock come out mm. you know i'm like ready to come around being like so mm. you know you owe me some money and that's just from last week <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. magic castle <laughs> You owe me some money. I put on my credit card. I, I just, yeah. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And so I was waiting to see if they would be like, oh, by the way, we mm. forgot to square it off with you. No one said anything. Of course. So finally I was coming back. It was like the last day I was about to leave yesterday. So I was like, God damn it. I'm full on mm. Shylock mode. I just said, fuck it. It just went up. It's like, hey, you know what? I never got your Venmo information. Mm. Never got your PayPal info. Let's just deal with that now right before yeah. I leave. But uh, it was just—it just is so awkward. Yeah. Maybe yep. just hate the whole Magic Castle. Yes. You know, I probably wouldn't mind the Magic Castle if there were better magic tricks. Right. And if you didn't have to eat there, like if there were like, yeah, as you were saying, escape things or mm-hmm. a woman being sawed in half or People I don't know, getting sodomized by a hologram of Tupac or something, or you know, some summon yeah. a demon or something. Right. How about some like narco satanist shit? That's what I wouldn't mind seeing. Correct. You know, if we could, if we could see like, uh, if there was some like. I don't know. Cult leaders coming out and summoning demons and I don't know. It'd probably be worth the $400 you're going to spend for dinner. Of course. To go there. So people, just keep this in mind. I know everyone's like, oh, I've never been there because I don't know any magicians. You don't want to go. No. You know, I'll I'll pass you the headache, you know, save you the headaches. Don't deal with it. Go all Shylock having to collect your money. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Narco Satanicos. That is the uh, the theme for today, for, for, for this week's show. Oh, yeah. We're talking about a, an infamous cult. Mm. An, infamous, an infamous drug satanic cult from Mexico in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, you know, I was surprised that uh, more movies weren't made uh, about this. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of any. Really. Well, that, that movie Borderland. Mm. Oh, okay. Which yeah. is kind of like hostile mm. and if people if you've seen it it's kind of like a torture porn uh horror movie about this particular 
particular cult, the right. satanic uh, drug uh, drug cult, like drug lord cult in uh, Mexico in the 80s. But um, a lot of people, you know, I think kind of, I don't know, I think a lot of people don't know the story, so maybe that's why it hadn't come out. But I remember in the late 80s when this happened. Oh, okay. Because it was all part of that whole, like the tail end of the satanic panic. Yeah, sure. You know, all of a sudden, and even today, I mean, people are still, still think like there's a lot of satanic occult type of activity going on mm. in Central America and Mexico. Yeah. You know, like look at uh, Santa Muerte. Right. Um, and then MS-13, they use a lot of like the satanic uh, imagery. Oh, do they? Their tattoos and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this this particular... Criminals tend to do that. It's been a thing. They, they, yeah. they do that yeah. thing. <laughs> well, I was, I was reading an article when I was doing a little bit of research about uh, MS-13, a couple of El Salvadorans, did a full-on satanic ritual murder of this girl mm. who had uh, narked on them. Okay. Like she went and uh, snitched to the cops or, or was being an informant, they found out, and they full-on sacrificed her. Mm. And when they arrested these guys, it's like they had an altar. Like they, these guys don't mess around. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like they'll have a goat head mm. and a bunch of candles and a pentagram. So I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of it too. People like to say, "Well, it's MS-13," mm. and there's like you know, that's kind of like the new evil buzzword that's the for new Mexicans. Thing, yeah, yeah. To say, yeah. But and, and maybe I heard they're funded by George Soros, and yeah. he was also a Satanist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, yeah. He's a Jewish Satanist, right? Um, but anyway. That's besides the point, because yeah. right now we're talking about satanic cults. Sure. And I don't know any Israeli ones, but that would be interesting. That'd be fun. Um, so this, this actually happened in 1989. Fifteen people were murdered between 1986 and 1989 in uh, Matamoros, Mexico. That we know of. Yeah, that, mm. that we know of. Uh, the only reason we found out about it is because of a pre-med student, an American from the University of Texas, uh, Mark Kilroy... He Kill was in Roy. Mexico with friends, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I thought that guy, after reading this, I was like, oh, is it, did that inspire the, uh, the <laughs> stick song? But apparently not. Yeah, that was before that, I think. Yeah. What, yeah. what is that song even about? I have no Kill idea. Kilroy was here. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that's what he named his penis or something. Kilroy was here? Oh, well, because he's mentioned also in Mr. Roboto. Kilroy's in that, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's just part of... I think that album is like a loose concept album that might have some kind of vague rock opera aspirations to it that nobody cared about. You know, other than yeah. the too much time on our hands, which mm. we used to use as the old intro, I've yeah. never been into sticks. Okay. I mean, were you ever into them? Never into them, but they have some songs I like. Like Come Sail Away? No, not really that one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, I was reading yeah. this about this kid, this Mark Kilroy, who was murdered by the cult and thinking... I wonder if, like, he was into sticks. Yeah. Like, if you're named Kilroy, I would be into sticks. I guess so. Yeah. This makes sense. So he was there partying in Mexico for spring break, which I don't think people do that now. I don't think people go over the border to go party for spring break anymore. I think they still do. do I think you, they go to those places, that, those places like... Uh, what are those beach places? Like Rosarita, I guess, or places like that. Cabo and... Something else. Oh, yeah. I guess that's further down. They go to those joints. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, resorts. Yeah, I was just wondering, Mm. like, uh, because back then, like in in Texas, I mean, you just cross the border and you're in those border towns. Right. You party there and drink, you know, at the age of 16. Like in Touch of Evil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I just don't think people are like, I'm going to go hang out in Tijuana. Like, have you ever been? Yeah. When I was a kid. I went to Tijuana when I first moved here and got a lot of pills. I wouldn't go to Tijuana now. 
Mm. I've, I've heard everyone like, you know, it's just in San Diego. They're like, nah, there's no reason to go there. Mm. I'm like, oh, it might be fun. Mm. And you know, there's a lot of chaos going on in Tijuana right now. Is there? Yeah, that immigrant caravan showed up. and they're Oh, all that's there? Kinda, that, they're all there? hanging out in Tijuana. Oh, okay. like, a lot of uh, people, that li- you know, Mexicans that live there, the residents are really upset. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. There's all sorts of shenanigans. Um, maybe there will be some more ritualistic murders. Mm. We'll have to see. Mm. So anyway, this gang, this particular cult mm. that murdered uh, 15 people between 86 and 89, they were dubbed Los Narco Satanicos. Dun. Dun, dun. Uh, it was led by a guy named Adolfo Constanzo, not Costanza. Yeah. Constanzo. You gotta keep Constanza. Oh yeah, Constanza. Const- I know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. be. You yeah. gotta keep that in yeah. mind because once you start saying Costanza, every time we talk about this horrible man, mm. you're gonna picture George yeah. Costanza. <laughs> yeah. Who wasn't a great guy either, mm. but he definitely wasn't the leader of a bloodthirsty, mm. drug smuggling, satanic <laughs> cult. Even though that would they be interesting. They took my goat head, Jerry. <laughs> I'm very upset right now. <laughs> so uh, Adolfo Constanzo, along with Sarah Aldrete, were leaders of this cult in the 1980s in Matamoros, Tamalapas, Mexico. Tamala, Tamalapas? Tamalapas? I'm not sure where that sure. is. Where is that? Is that like... I guess it's kind of by... Uh, sort of central Mexico, by Texas. Yeah, it's on the border. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at the time when they were, uh, arrested here, um, well, I guess when they were exposed, Aldrete was, uh, 24 and Constanzo was 26. Mm. And that's when, uh, police figured out that they were behind a string of killings dating back to 1986. Uh, Constanzo has an interesting background. So the guy was a Cuban American who was born and raised in Miami and he, uh, learned Santeria from his mother. Yes. So he practiced Santeria, like the Sublime song. Um, (laughs) As he got older, he dabbled with more darker, extreme forms of witchcraft and satanic worship. And soon he actually uh, began exploring the dark side of Palo Mayamba, Mm. which is a form of Santeria with roots in the Congo. Yeah. So Palo Mayambe, I guess is how it would be pronounced. Um, so that, that's an underground Caribbean religion, which African gods are identified with Roman Catholic saints. And Palo Mayambe is a mix of voodoo and African gods that originated in the Congo. But apparently this is like dark voodoo. Some dark level serious voodoo going on Some here. of it. I think it also has to do with like the power of sticks or something like that. You mean the band? God, no. that band was so influential. Yeah. <laughs> they even influenced voodoo. No, like, you know, actual sticks. Oh, okay. Of wood. So yeah. S-T-I-C-K-S, not yeah, yeah. S-T-Y-X. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, why, why sticks? What do sticks do? Um, they have power, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Um, you could use them like, like magic wands, but like from nature. They're nature's magic wands, D. <laughs> They're nature's magic wands. I learned that from the Harry Potter films. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I guess there's various sects. Palo means stick. Within, is that what Palo means? Yeah, it means stick. So apparently, uh, uh, Constanzo was mm. dedicated to a specific spirit known as Ogun, O-G-G-U-N, which is the patron god of criminals and criminal activity. Mm. And uh, according during their rituals, the Mayambero becomes possessed by the spirit of Ogun and blows cigar smoke and spits liquor at his victims before killing them. Hmm. Actually, sounds kind of cool. Yeah, he sounds like he might be like a, a version of Baron Sumetti. Oh, you know? okay, or Papa Legba or something. Yeah, 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 yeah that he, kind of he thing. was always with the 
with the brandy and the cigars, you know? Well, I guess uh, Ogun had certain implements, mm. and uh, Constanzo possessed all of these. A horseshoe, a chain, railroad spikes, and just various things of metal. Oof, okay. Yeah, so... Mm. Now, his uh, girlfriend, on the other hand here, Aldrete, uh, was a Mexican national born in Matamoros, but she was a student at this uh, college in Texas, Texas uh, Southmost College. Uh, she dated Constanzo before he came out to her as gay. Right. So Constanzo was a, was a gay man, a known homosexual, who frequented Mexico City's uh, Zona Rosa, which is the pink zone. Um, he had lived in the capital for several years before moving to Matamoros, and there he was able to establish himself as a drug lord and a feared Mayambaro who commanded respect from other drug dealers and obedience from members of his cult. But th this guy, like, what you saying? He used to wear, like, just Daisy Dukes, but, like, full-on, like, nut-hugger Daisy Dukes. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I saw a, a picture of him where it was like, wow. It was, I mean, even for that time period, it was like, they were, these were some short shorts, my God. It's just kind of amazing yeah. to, like, command obedience and respect while the cult leader, you know, is wearing, like, Freddie Mercury shorts. Right, yeah. It's like hot pants here. Yeah. <clears throat> um, apparently, he was very charismatic, which most mm. cult leaders tend to have that trait, and he was known mm. as the Pied Piper of Death. Ah, that's a good name. That's kind of that's got a good ring to it. He'll he'll lead you into the pink zone where the dancer <laughs> becomes the dance. The pink zone, mm. zona rosa. Mm. <laughs> um, so I guess they formed this cult, Aldrete and Constanzo, which mm. later became uh, known as uh, Los Narcos Satanicos. And uh, yeah, they would uh, operate across the river from Brownsville, Texas, smuggling drugs and killing what people. What was the actual name of it? Uh, Los Narcos Satanicos? No, before that, you said something else. Was there another name for it? Oh, I thought you said there was. Nah, that, that, I think that's what... I don't think they had a name. I think okay. they just came up with that. Right. Like, Satan drugs? Like, mm. uh, is that what... It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Satanic drugs or something? Yeah. But yeah, so they would smuggle drugs and kill mm. people in sacrificial rituals. Uh, they, they thought, or I guess this is what uh, Constanzo convinced his followers, to believe that by performing ritualistic killings the group would be protected from the police. Mm. Yeah, so members of the cult told authorities that Consanso, who they knew as El Padrino, said the killings would make them invincible to bullets. Which is insane, but mm. once you're like fully brainwashed and you're like fully buy into this belief, I mean, it can convince you of anything. Yeah. Um, didn't, do you remember, uh, who was that guy? General Butt-Naked. That guy, that Congolese, uh, he was like a military leader in the Congo, and they would like dress up in prom dresses and run out to battle, and he would go full on butt naked with machetes. You remember this no, guy? No, I do not. Yeah, this is like mm. uh, in the eighties, uh, okay. but the same deal. He convinced them by wearing the prom dresses, you were, you know, impervious to bullets. Oh wow! Which was not the case because they got just gunned down. Oof. <laughs> but they, it sounds like it's a similar thing here, you know. George Costanza comes out and was just like, hey, you know, let's just do mm. some sacrifices. Yeah. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you can't get arrested. I'm not going to bust you for jaywalking. So what's interesting, and I never saw this. So the, the movie Borderland is loosely based on this whole incident that happened in 1989. But apparently, Aldrete, uh, the woman here, um, and a few of the other suspects, when they were arrested, made references to a 1987 horror film called The Believers. Mm. And they found this very influential. It was like a movie that Martin Sheen was in, directed by John Schlesinger. It's about a cult 
in New York City that conducted human sacrifices to gain money and power. Hmm. And so that was part of like the initiation. Uh, Aldrete would make new members of the cult just watch the movie and like she arranged screenings. Hmm. Yeah, and then they would say a bunch of occult prayers after that. She she's interesting. I you know, I kind of wanna she was kinda hot too. Mm. Kind of a spooky, like goth Dia de los Muertos chick. Oh yeah. She had a penchant for wearing black. Um she would sometimes like preach in strange tones about the occult, just unannounced. Which I was thinking, that's like what, half your girlfriends? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Did you say strange tongues? No tones. Oh, okay. She's okay. Just, her voice would go in different yeah. tones as mm. she was preaching about the occult. Yeah. Um, so anyway, get the reason they found out. So they were operating this cult, killing people, being invincible to bullets, yeah. and not getting arrested. I mean, one of my exes was involved with uh, the OT with uh, uh, what's her name, Peaches Geldof and the OTO oh. before Pe- Peaches Geldof died. Was that a satanic cult? It's Crowley's cult that he found. Oh, Crowley's cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Did she speak in strange tones? Um, Tones on tail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a good man. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So, at the time, they were just like going, murdering people, you know, sacrificing people. Everything was hunky-dory. And then uh, Mark Kilroy got involved. And that's how it all... uh, they were all exposed. Yeah. So this is in March 1989 during spring break. Oh, is that her? That's her, yeah. Yeah, I'll post a picture of mm-hmm. Aldrete. Not bad looking. Yeah, she's real cute. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet you with a little bit of makeup, mm-hmm. uh, wearing all black. Yeah. You know, maybe with like a ritualistic dagger covered in goat's blood. Could be into it. So, um, yeah, so what happened? In, That's in, a good gift for girlfriends, by the way. I've done it. Ritualistic daggers. Ritualistic daggers, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I could see that. Yeah. It didn't work out for you too well, though, did it? <clears throat> it did not. No. <laughs> Although, oddly enough, I wasn't stabbed with that knife. Oh, Different okay. Knife. Yeah, so. Uh, so Mark Kilroy mm. was in Matamoros, March 1989, during spring break. Good old, uh, he was staying with friends in South Padre Island, Texas, which is 20 miles away from the Mexico border. That's a big spring break destination, South Padre Island. And so they decided to go over the border to Matamoros for a night of drinking and celebration, which I think in the 80s and prior to, I think prior to 9-11, really. Okay. Uh, everybody did that. Like, partied over there. Right. I think even right after, shortly after 9-11. I don't know when people, I think it's like the, the, the drug lords, the violence escalated. The cartel the violence. Towns. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, probably what, like mid-2000s? Yeah, it's when it started to ramp up. Where it'd just be like an entire town of people were beheaded and found, you know, and that's they, what shit yeah. started to get like cuckoo town. And these guys would just show up yeah. at a club and start bowling severed heads right, you know, yeah. down the hallway. Speaking of like, though, the new season of Narcos is very good. Oh, I, I do like that Narcos show. Narcos Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good shit. Wait, is it the third season already? The fourth season. Fourth season of that show. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotta it's about the, the Mexican cartel. Well, I in wonder the if they're going to go into, uh, they should go into this. They should. It's around the same time. Yeah. So uh, they went over to Matamoros. They were drinking, partying. And I guess uh, typically the way you do it over there, you never want to drive into Mexico. Hmm. You always park at the border and then walk over the border. Sure, that makes sense. Or you take a bus or something. Like Camden. So uh, <laughs> they went partying till like 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m., and as they were walking back, Kilroy was with his friend uh, Bill Huddleston, who was lagging behind. Mm. Huddleston, Huddleston went off to go take a piss, leaving Kilroy just alone in the street. And when he got back from taking a piss, Kilroy was gone. 
That's fucking typical Tom Hiddleston bullshit. Tom you know? Hiddleston, yeah. yeah. he's always doing that shit. Just going off, taking a piss in public. Yeah, and you just know? letting people get murdered so he can play Loki so, until he's fucking ancient. Uh, Hiddleston then reunited with a couple of their other friends, mm. and they were like, I guess he just went, I guess they thought he scored or something. And so uh, they didn't hear back from the next morning, and then they're like, all right, mm. something's wrong. Let's call the police. And so after that, you know, uh, the police were like, it was just a, a missing persons case, mm. which I imagine happened all the time yeah. in Mexico. Sure. You know? Um, so yeah, four weeks after Kilroy went missing, they got a break in the case. Uh, so they had uh, apprehended a guy named Elio Hernandez Rivera, um, who was 22. He was arrested for uh, uh, running a police checkpoint, uh, running through a police checkpoint with marijuana. And so at the time, and this is what kind of blows my mind about this cult. You would think if, if you're arrested with marijuana, would you kind of be like, yeah, I got it from that burrow over there. I found it under a cactus. I don't, I mean, you'd make up a story. These guys are like, oh, yeah, let me show you where I found this yeah. weed, where I got this weed from. And so, yeah, uh, Hernandez Rivera told police the names of several different drug dealers and then led them to Rancho Santa Elena, where the cult carried out all their murders. Yeah. Like, he just, like, took them right over, right, right to all the evidence. It was crazy. At first, authorities believed that they were just on a typical drug bust. But after showing Hernandez Rivera a photo of Mark Kilroy, the missing American, Hernandez was like, oh, yeah, I totally saw that guy. He's uh, buried right over there. And so then they went, they went over to, uh, to, to the, the ranch, and then a couple other cult members are like, oh, yeah, come here. Check it out. <laughs> and so they took, like these Mexican law authorities and uh, an American uh, uh, an American cop too who was uh, investigating the case and uh, yeah they walked over to this uh, this shack and uh, they immediately just smelled uh, the stench of decaying flesh and buried in uh, several shallow graves in the immediate area remains of 12 males including the mutilated body of Mark Kilroy some of the victims had been slashed with knives others were shot um, a couple of them had been burned some hanged. Uh, many had been savagely disfigured. Their hearts ripped out, their ears, eyes, and testicles removed. Mm -hmm. um, one had even been decapitated. And after looking through, uh, after searching the area, they found three more bodies, bringing the count of corpses to 15. Th that's why I just don't understand why uh, the cult members weren't trying to like cover this, you know, cover mm. this up or hide it in any way. Yeah, I, wa I watched a documentary um, where most of the documentary was actually an interview with the, the American cop who went over to Mexico to investigate the disappearance of Kilroy. Um, and it was like he, he teamed up with like this one Mexican cop who's actually like, you know, um, he wasn't he wasn't corrupt and he was like just like a total fucking badass um, who played by his own rules, you know? <laughs> and it was like, it was, he was like explaining. Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was explaining how like, yeah, these guys like, they just didn't care. They thought they were protected. So they'd just be like, offer up all this information that normally the Mexican police has to torture to get any kind of information out of people. Um, but they're just like, oh yeah, it's all this and this and that. They we're immune mm. to any kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> any charges or criminal activity yeah. because... You know, we, we do human sacrifices. And he was saying that it, it pissed the, uh, I forget the Mexican cop's name, but it pissed him off so much that he took like an Uzi, either, I don't know if he had an Uzi or if there was one lying around that was on the scene. And he went up to the, the main guy, the first guy they arrested, and just like kind of fired it right near his head. Um, 
and it, he said it was like he snapped out of a trance. Oh, and wow. all of a sudden, he feared arrest, and he feared death, and he feared jail. Which and, I ran away. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, he just basically saw through the uh, the great cloud of bullshit that he'd been believing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, at the time, in 1989, I mean, now I feel like when uh, they go bust a drug cartel, they probably see, you know, horrific scenes of, of violence and mutilation and, of course, mutilation and death like this. But back in, like, the 80s, I don't know how often you'd, you'd come upon, like, a windowless shack, you know, with a blood-smeared floor, a um, bunch of glowing candles, an iron kettle filled with spikes, a charred human brain, and a roasted turtle. Yeah. Yeah, I think at that time, you probably didn't see that that often. <laughs> so I imagine like that Mexican cop probably was like you know, freaking out about it. Yeah. Usually the kind of stuff is reserved for like Skeletor's summer home <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Like John Wayne Gacy's basement. Mm. Other urns contained it. Like, so they, they went into this like shack that was on the property. And now that they find the, the brain and the turtle, they saw other urns that contained a grisly stew of congealed blood, human hair, and animal parts. Scattered about the room were coconut shells, cigars, and cane liquor, an iron bed frame, a blood cake machete, and a hammer. They also found a large oil drum that had been used to boil victims. Yeah, basically the guy was like, the, the cop that was on the scene, yeah, Lieutenant George Gavito from uh, Texas, he's described it as a human slaughterhouse. Hmm. It's just insane to even see that. And can I interest you in an appetizer, sir? <laughs> yeah, I'll have the uh, the grizzly stew. I'll have the grizzly stew. That sounds grizzly great. Grizzly stew? A little mm-hmm. extra cheese whiz on yeah. that? Uh, four cult members assisted police in, cov- in uncovering the bodies of the victims who were buried in the ranch. Yeah. They're just so helpful, these guys. Yeah, they were digging them up for yeah, them. Digging them up, yeah. you know? In the case of Kilroy, the first thing they found was his brain, which was in a black cauldron after having been boiled in blood with a turtle a spinal column, and a horseshoe. <laughs> it's my lucky charms. Yeah. Oh, it's my lucky charms. <laughs> um, Hernandez Rivera, who led authorities there, said that Constanzo um, told the cult to abduct an Anglo for mm. the ritual to achieve the necessary outcome. And that's what happened with Kilroy. He was lured away by a man who spoke English and then was pulled into a truck and driven to the ranch. Mm-hmm. So that dude was just kind of waiting for his friend. Next thing you know, it's like, you just don't want to like get into someone's car. Yeah, don't split up. Yeah. You know, don't, yeah. Uh, they learned that Kilroy was killed with a single machete blow to the back of his head. Oosh. Yeah, this was after, actually, he had tried to escape mm. after being in there for 12 hours. And then uh, they caught him and they chopped in the back of the head and then he was dismembered and used in a ritual to protect the cult from police right which i don't think was very effective well there's like you know it's i think it has to do with kind of uh those forms of magic which to some degree have some basis in catholicism which of course patron saint worship is a a big part of catholicism uh to the same extent that like drug traffickers pray to that guy Jesus Malverde, I think his name is. Is he the uh, the patron saint of, of like, drug traffickers? Of drug, yeah. yeah, obviously he's not an official Catholic saint, but he was like some mythical, I don't know, drug trafficker from the 19th century, the early 20th century. That is they that all the, pray to. They have like a shrines to him. Yeah, okay, I've yeah. seen that. They, you yeah. see tattoos of that guy too, right? Yeah, but isn't there like a, I was talking about that earlier? Isn't there like mm. a female patron like saint of death? Yeah, Santa Muerte. That's Santa Muerte. That's yeah, yeah. a female? I think so, yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, it's... 
I mean, not, you know, you probably wouldn't know unless you started talking to her and be like, <laughs> oh, yeah. But if you just saw her, it just might look like the Grim Reaper. Was, uh, you know, uh, non-gender binary Green Reaper. Nah. <laughs> Grim Reaper. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, but so what mm. you're saying, though, it's true. I mean, it's like these people already have a predisposition to believe that. Yeah. So, you know, they've been raised Catholic. And so it's, here's, mm. here you have a guy who's coming in and being like, nah, we're all going to worship, like, you know, Papa Legba or whatever. Mm. But at the same time, you know, you, you do these kind of human sacrifices to this saint and uh, we'll all be protected from the police. You know the the protection for our drug running company, and you know that, and you could see people could could would buy into it. Um, so after all this happened, you know, after they uh, uncovered all the the brutalized remains and dismembered corpses, mm-hmm. uh, residents of Matamoros went into a panic. Yeah, I mean, as rumors of uh, as rumors spread, yeah, they don't like uh, that. There's a fear that cult members would take their revenge by abducting children for their human sacrifices, which never actually happened. Right. But I mean, if you think about it, it's like this happened in your community, and it'd been happening for a few years. Yeah, people would would be panicking, and so there's a lot of pressure for the Mexican authorities to try to find Constanzo and uh, Aldrete, you know, the the leaders of the cult. So they were searching everywhere for it, but they were uh, hidden away, actually, in, um, in Mexico City. Hmm. They uh, escaped to Mexico City. Um, okay. you know, one interesting thing that they did on purpose to uh, try to drive out Constanzo is uh, they burnt the shack. The shack with all the urns and the turtle and all the, the grizzly stew. Hmm. Uh, cops purposely burnt the shack to the ground, and they hired a, uh, a priest to... Um, to bless the shack and mm-hmm. uh, drive away the evil spirits. Oh my. So he was throwing bags of white powder on the flames and making the sign of the cross to drive away evil spirits. And so I guess that really pissed off Constanzo because that was his shrine. Hmm. And so um, I think part of that, and not to mention... But he wasn't know, in custody at that point. No, he was yeah. on the run. Okay. And I think part of that, uh, he started kind of developing this kind of psychosis. I mean, he's he was obviously had like you know mental health issues right. but he also had like a persecution complex I imagine he was probably doing a lot of drugs um, and so he was hiding away in a building in Mexico City mm-hmm. an apartment there um, and I think he kind of probably had an idea that the end was near Yeah. and so he was caught kind of by just sort of a random happenstance so, so Mexican police were investigating a crime, hmm. and he saw them, and so he started freaking out. Yeah, and this, he, he was in the same apartment building. Or yeah, something he was in like the same that. building, and he saw right. these cops start freaking out and throwing wads of money out the window and shooting at the at the police hmm. and at passersby. Yeah, he just kind of uh, one of the cult members that was there said he just went crazy. He lost it, and so. Um, at this time, the cops were, were now like, oh, okay, well, now we've got an issue on our hands. You know, this is the guy that we were looking for. Um, Constanzo ordered Alvaro de Leon Valdez to shoot him and his longtime companion, his boyfriend here, Martin Quintana Rodriguez. He said, do it. If you don't do it, you're going to pay with circumstances in hell. He hmm. said, I want to die with Martin. And so uh, when, they, when the federales bust into the apartment... Um, they found the two slumped together in a small closet. The bodies riddled with bullets. Hmm. So, yeah, he was sacrificed by uh, by his own cult. Well, he asked the guy. It was in 89, right? This is in 89, yeah. 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 And so 
when they found it, they found uh, in this apartment just some black candles, some swords, a skull made of white wax, and a blindfolded doll holding mm-hmm. another doll. Oh. Some voodoo shit. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And they also found the woman, Aldrete, mm-hmm. de Leon Valdez, who uh, killed him, and some, some uh, other members of the cult. Mm-hmm. And they're all arrested and charged, charged with homicide. Criminal association, damaged property. <laughs> <laughs> apparently on the ranch yeah. I mean you know what's funny is Aldre- the other people just kind of like confessed to it and I think they pl- they pled yeah. for uh, for, le- for lesser uh, for lesser sentence but Aldrete denied the whole thing she mm-hmm. said that she never participated in any ritual slang she learned about them through televised news reports mm. she says that they treated her like a prisoner and so uh, she was she wasn't a willing member of the group uh, cops proved this otherwise by you know, inter- interrogating the other members of the cult, they're like, "No, right. she's the witch." That, <laughs> and so uh, one of the one of the other uh, cops here says, "She's a witch, a crook, and she's guilty as hell. She's still in prison." I, I'd heard they said that uh, Constanzo uh, very likely may have been HIV positive as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. Well, a bunch of people that he was fucking, a couple of guys he was fucking did were HIV positive. Well, this was the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a time when it was like if you had that. You didn't have too much longer to live, generally. You know, no, so you probably had it wasn't wish. until the early '90s that they started to have effective treatments for it. Really, well, you'd you think know? the human sacrifice was getting protection against that too, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, apparently it didn't work out that way. <sighs> so you think he? Uh, I wonder if that probably contributed to the the death wish here. I don't know. You know, he may. I mean, he may not have known it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, but, he was obviously a sadistic uh, mm, psychopath. I mean, right torturing people like that dismembering them for his rituals but you probably didn't have like regular checkups at that point I would imagine you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. I wonder have like, you been what... brushing have you been flossing um, did you sacrifice any lemurs <laughs> I, I wonder so. what the other drug lord like the other cartel leaders thought about this guy because you probably have to deal with him every now and then yeah yeah. It's like, great, now I got to go to like Mumra over here yeah. and start like <laughs> sacrificing people and pulling their hearts out. Right. It's like, this is going to be great. Now I got to deal with this. No, Molaram, not Mumra, was from Thundercats. Molaram, remember from Temple of Doom? Oh, is that the is that the is that the, is that the guy that like, guy? yeah that okay. pulled out the, uh, okay, the, yeah. the heart? I mean, Mumra works, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking mm. like, I wonder if the other cartels are like. Mm. Yeah, we got to deal with them every now and then, but, mm. you know, we just kind of, like, get in, get out. Mm. You know, like, we don't invite them over for dinner. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, it's it's a weird thing, because it's like, you know, all that shit is horrible, but it's also like, it's not like the place doesn't have a storied tradition of human sacrifice, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, look at the Aztecs, yeah. look at the Mayans, you know? It used to be part of the way of life. You know, you know, and uh, this is interesting too. A quick aside before we move on, um, I was reading about as I was doing some research on this. Apparently, they still do a devil worshiping black mass annually in Mexico, in the state of Veracruz, and people come from around the world to seek change in their lives by taking part in this devil worship ritual. You should totally check this out. What? You should totally check this out. I'd like to actually. I, you know, I wouldn't deal with this. I, I don't think I'd want to deal with it because of the, the animals that are, that are murdered. Mm. Um, however, uh, 
It does sound interesting. Uh, Worshippers come from around the world to indulge in brutal animal sacrifice, dance before burning pentagrams, and disappear into a subterranean cave where solemn oaths are sworn before a large statue of the devil and a committee of demonic shamans. Well, you know how much I love disappearing (laughs) into subterranean caves. That's like one of my top... Four things. You and know? swearing some, uh, and swearing to uh, the statue of Satan. A committee of shamans? Of yeah, demonic shamans? Demonic shamans. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently it's this lakeside town of Catamaco on Mexico's Gulf Coast is a destination for pilgrims, quote unquote, who come in search of spiritual experiences. Uh, it's an annual mass on these ceremonial grounds at the White Monkey Mountain. That's mm. where it is. White Monkey Mountain. I'm loving it more and more. Every, every sentence you say sounds better and uh, better. The chief shaman, mm. Enrique Verdan, he wears a dead anteater on his head what? during the ritual. Wow. And he says their black magic stems from Native American Olmeca culture. And mm. uh, they're experts in calling upon the devil and his dark power. Hmm. So um, a lot of people come over there to get through difficult paths and difficult periods of their life. Right. You know, so, you know... You could go to sundry rehabs that have no effect. Yeah. I think you should go over there, swear an oath to Satan, hmm. see if it works. All right. It might work out. Uh, if I can find somebody to go with me, I'm fucking going, you know? Well, my favorite thing is, uh, my favorite person, so they, they interview in this article a bunch of people yeah. that go, uh, some chick's a spiritual uh, spiritual healer in Portland. She's freaking out having to see all the animal sacrifice. Yeah. But this guy, Alejandro Montes, he dragged his wife there from like northern Mexico. He says, our marriage is failing. And this is something we have both have faith in. Um, he said that shortly before he and his wife were smeared with the blood of a sacrificed goat in an attempt to save their relationship. They traveled all the way from northern Mexico to pleasure souls of Satan in return for a happy marriage. Mm. He says, we've tried everything. And this is pretty much the last resort. Um, I had a couple extramarital affairs that have strained the union, but I'm willing to put my soul on the line to prove my commitment to her. Yeah, I mean, once you get, you know, soaked in the hot blood of a a bull. (laughs) Of a goat. You know, yeah, then you're committed to a marriage, definitely. Let me see if I could sell you on this. Uh, The ceremony begins with a group of teenage girls, all dressed in black underwear, Mm -hmm. carrying the terrified sacrificial offerings along a candlelit path to the main altar. Um, the girls must be virgins, both be mentally and physically pure. A black witch, um, yeah, this woman, uh, Rosilia Belli is a black witch who presides over the ritual. She uses strong tobacco and piercing screams in her own exorcism ceremonies. Uh, she says those who came, who come, plead their cases to Satan are called forward in order to kneel before the shamans, um, the shamans. And then they then wring the necks and remove the heads of chickens and pour the blood all over the kneeling penitent's heads. Hmm. Yeah, the blood pump from the still beating heart is the purest form of energy. That's true, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, this doesn't sound too different from, like, The Price is Right. Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. much the same deal. Right. Except with Drew Carey doing right. it with the chickens. Right. <laughs> uh, the sacred blood gives you energy and spiritual power, which you can use to, for, the, for the black magic. Uh, the final sacrifice is a screaming goat whose blood's collected in a bronze jar to be passed around. It encourages the visitors to take the blood and rub it into their skin and their face uh, for purity. Mm. 
And then, yeah, and so in total, eight animals are sacrificed. And then following the sacrifices, everyone stands before a large burning pentagram. You summon the devil. And then, uh, you, you know, you do a black mass in an underground cave decorated yeah. with inverted crosses. And a large statue of Satan with an erect penis. Uh-huh. I'm thinking this yeah. is something you would totally have fun doing. Two and a half men was filmed before a large <laughs> burning pentagram. I think we should start a fundraiser here. Yeah. Should raise some funds. Mm. I guess they do it every year. They've been doing it for 45 years on this White Monkey Mountain. First Friday of March. That's when they do it. Uh, we'll send you over there with, mm. um, I don't know, how about Jizzy Jake? Okay. Yeah. You, you and Jizzy Jake. Yeah, yeah. We could film that the whole great. thing. I think this would dressed be a documentary. A, dressed, dressed in a sombrero like he does, <laughs> like he tends to do. Well, yeah. that's the thing with Jizzy Jake. Yeah. I mean, he can pretty much just kind of transform and, you know. He's uh, like the jackal. He can uh, conform to any culture. Yeah. He can blend right in with the people and their traditions. He speaks seven languages, you know. You know, no one yeah. would stand out. I think if yeah. you have a cultural ambassador like that, mm-hmm. you guys would fit in perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> this, I think we should do this. Yeah. We'll have to see if people are down with it. We could start a fund. I wonder how much it costs. Probably won't cost much more than a grand, two grand. Yeah. A couple grand. We'll raise some money. You and Jizzy Jake. You you meet up. Maybe nigga face. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, We could just film the whole thing. Yeah. Get get your camera. Well, you have a camera. I do. And then, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable bringing it there, to be honest, but. Well, we might need to hide a camera inside his sombrero. Okay. So inside Jizzy Jake's sombrero, we'll put a camera in there. Hidden camera. Like on Dateline, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we can go undercover. Yeah. 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 Sounds like I'm this. You know, I'm going to look into this. Hmm. I'm serious about this. I think this Hmm. would be. uh, I think it'd be a good. Uh, I think it'd be a good thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you come back. You're healed. You're sober. Ready to get a job. Get some direction in your life. <laughs> Thank you, Satan. Um, people, this is episode 662 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. We have new stories coming up next, phone calls after that. Uh, but first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more Sick and Wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Tribesmen in India sent an Elise tribesman kill an American um, evangelist. Did you hear about this guy? No, I have not. Um, it's uh, American John Allen Cho. Uh, Chow, or however you say his name. Sure. He visited the uh, isolated island, the seas between India and Southeast Asia, bearing gifts, including a football and a fish. So uh, apparently he thought he could go uh, teach them about the word of Jesus by bringing them a football and a fish. Right. Yeah. So, you know, th- this, uh, this, this group here, um, th- this tribesmen, they've been isolated for like, I don't know, thousands of years actually soccer ball or an american football yeah it doesn't say okay. i don't know i'm thinking, maybe, I'm thinking maybe an american football yeah. doesn't seem too smart mm. um but yeah so these guys uh this this group of uh of tribesmen here they're called what are they called they're called like the the andaman tribe 
Or the Andamanese. Okay. The Andamanese tribe. And they're like, you know, there aren't that many tribes left that are completely, you know, uh, secluded from the world. Mm. But they uh, eschew modernity. You know, and, and the Indian government's like totally cool with like, no one goes to that island. Leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. And if you do, we will prosecute you. So just leave them alone. Yeah. And it's so, like the Amish kind of, you know? Yeah, but the Amish, like, mm. you can still go buy their goods. Right. You can go to Amish true. villages. You can yeah. fight them with a rake if you challenge them. Yeah, you can recruit them into Scientology yeah. if you so desire. Or if you're like a cop investigating mm. a murder and an right. Amish kid <laughs> witnessed the murder, you could use them as a witness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the Sentinelese, mm. you just leave them on their island, let yeah. them do their own thing. And just, who cares, you know? Leave them alone. You know what? Uh, they, they were making headlines a couple, uh, like five years ago when, like, uh, I guess there was, like, a huge tsunami. And so a helicopter flew over there to just kind of check on them, see if they're okay. Yeah. And uh, you just saw, like, a bunch of these, like, like warrior dudes, tribesmen come out and just start shooting bows and arrows at the helicopter. Nice. Yeah, they don't like outsiders. Okay. Uh, so anyway, this kid here, John Allen Chow, who... Um, Decides to bring them the Bible, which is probably the last thing they want. Mm. Uh, he was a Christian missionary, 26 years old. He uh, went there with the bearing gifts, the, the football and the fish. The tribesmen just pretty much just showed up with a bunch of bows and arrows and spears, and they started shooting arrows at him. It actually struck the Bible that he was carrying. Um, and then he just got back into to a boat Ugh. and then swam back to the fishermen who were waiting for him at a safe distance. Then you ne then they never shut up about it. Yeah. Oh, the Bible saved my life. Oh, you <laughs> want to hear about how? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, oh, come well, on, you know, dude. The next day he yeah. was like, I'm going back. I'm mm. going to try again. Got to get back on the horse. Um, you got to admire the determination there. Mm. Uh, and then I, I guess what happened at that point uh, isn't exactly known, but the morning of the following day, the fishermen watched from the boat as tribesmen were dragging his body along the beach and, and burying his remains. Oh. So they killed him. Hmm. I imagine he just showed up and they just shot like a million arrows into him. What is their religion? Do we know? They just, I don't know. Hmm. They just, they're an isolated tribe. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, visits to this island, the North Sentinel Island, is forbidden by the government, and hmm. officials are working with anthropologists to find a way to recover this American kid's body. Hmm. Um, and I guess it's kind of an issue because you can't just go there hmm. and just be like, hey, uh, you know, you, you buried him here and got to give him the body back because they're going to try to shoot you with arrows. I see, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised, like, in this day and age, they just don't show up with a bunch of, like, guns or something and just shoot the guns and, like, scare them away or something. You know? Right. I guess you could do that. It depends on how bad you want a body. Like, who cares? Honestly, you know, let him have the body. Well, so they don't know exactly how he died. Yeah, okay. They're assuming it's both, like uh, he was shot and killed by arrows, yeah. but they don't know for sure. Uh, his family posts on Instagram uh, that, that he was a beloved son, brother, uncle, and best friend to Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the family also said it forgave his killers and called for the release of those who assisted him in his request to reach the island. So at that point, if your brother went over there and let's say you had a brother or sister, let's say your sister okay. went over there and she got killed by these tribesmen, would you go back and bring them the wrath of Jesus? Or would you be like, I deserved it? I mean, it's hard. It's, I guess it's hard to imagine my sister doing something like that to, <laughs> you know, to proselytize something. So she's Jewish. So I don't know. You know, yeah, Jews, Jews never do that. Yeah. Jews don't really. I mean, 
I guess like kind of the Hasids go around passing out those little cards. See, yeah, and that's but you, they're not recruiting. They're not really. Recruiting, they're just sort yeah. of spreading the word of Jehovah, or whatever. Yeah, Moshiach. God, Moshiach. Yeah, but you never see like. Jews going over to like distant lands or whatever and like hey we want you to all to yeah. join the tribe and no they Jew. don't want you yeah we you know? don't want it's you it's very very hard actually to convert you gotta do a whole bunch of shit yeah, you gotta go in the rainwater yeah, naked yeah. and a yeah. rabbi's gonna bless you and you gotta study for two years we don't want yeah. you in the tribe yeah. and you're actually supposed to dance in between the raindrops you do yeah wearing a sombrero uh huh that's right um, it's difficult <laughs> those hats uh, so Chow arrived in the area here October 16th um, and he had actually mm. visited the Andaman uh, mm. Sentinelese Islands here in 2015, 2016. Mm. So this wasn't his uh, first thing. I mean, this guy has been wanting to do this for a long time. This has been like a, a bucket list item for him, is to bring mm. Jesus to this remote tribe. Mm. With the help of a friend, he hired some fishermen for $325 to take them there on a boat. Uh, they also towed the kayak that he used to actually reach the island okay. the first time. Um, after fishermen found out or saw that his body was being dragged on the shore, they ended up going back and they uh, told his friend who uh, informed his family. Mm-hmm. Um, officials said authorities are exploring their options since they can't go directly to the area and confront the tribe's people. Mm. So they're trying to decide what to do here. And uh, yeah, so historically, India has been very hands-off with these islands people. But back in 2006... Uh, tribes people killed two Indian fishermen when their boat broke loose and they drifted onto shore. No one ever found those bodies either. I see. So it doesn't say like they sacrifice the bodies to some like, you know, giant slurpy god or something. But I mean, you don't really know what, you know, what they're doing. I think they just kill you because they don't like outsiders. Um, this is interesting. So on Twitter, a lot of people are going around, a lot of people are saying like, you know, idiot missionary like why would you do this and you deserve this i guess there's a lot of people saying that right now uh but one thing i I saw some interview with uh one of his fellow missionaries Mm. and they were saying like so he was risking all to go the guy was saying like yeah jason chow was like devoted to jesus and he was risking everything Mm. to go give them the word of god to give these uh sentinelese people the word of god and so someone asked him like well did he ever think about like the infectious diseases he might be giving these people being that they've never been you know immunized to any of the disease i mean he could just sneeze and Mm. give them all aids or whatever right Yeah. you know it's like he goes and you could wipe out their entire culture you know Mm. their entire community Mm. and the guy's like well, he was just going there to give him the word of Jesus. Mm. It's like, shut up, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, some guy on Twitter mm. here goes by Respectable Lawyer. That's mm. his name here. Was trying to explain why the natives uh, react the way they did to uh, outsiders. Mm. And so the majority of this explanation focuses on a man named Maurice Portman, mm. who is a commander from like the British Navy who had contact with the island in the 1880s. Uh, according to respectable lawyer here, who I don't know where he gets his information from, he said that Maurice Portman was erotically obsessed with the Andamanese, and he indulged his passion for photography by kidnapping members of the tribe and posing them in homoerotic positions, like Greek homoerotic positions. So he Fuck. would just go, he would show up on the island with his crew, kidnap a bunch of these guys, and then make them like take pictures of like some 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 gay like gay porn, basically. Yeah. So he's like a globe trotting, non consensual <laughs> Robert Maplethorpe. 
basically? That, that's pretty much what he is. Okay. Yeah, that's, wow. That's what he did. Hmm. And so uh, it is thought that Portman and his group located an elderly couple and a few children from the island they abducted. Yeah. And uh, as soon what? as they brought them on board uh, on their boat or whatever, the couple quickly died because they had no immunity from any illness uh, due, you know, due to living in isolation for so many years. Wow. So uh, this respectable lawyer says the aggressiveness mm. of this of this tribe is not the mark of savagery. Mm. It's just that their conception of outsiders is mostly framed by some foot-faced English pervert who murdered some old people and did weird things to their kids. Mm. So let's just do them a favor and leave them alone. Right. I kind of agree with them. Yeah. They don't yeah. want Jesus. Yeah. They really don't. No. In fact, I don't think most people want Jesus. No, they don't. You know? It's not and, that fun, they definitely don't want you know? some annoying like American 20-year-old millennial coming down and, like, giving you a football fish and a Bible. Right, yeah. God. Um, yeah, here, I brought you some fish. I know you live in a fucking island, but <laughs> this is this is a rare delicacy where we come from. You know, like, what the fuck, dude? Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's like they have plenty yeah. of fish. Yeah. Uh, Chow had wanted ever since high school to go to this island to share Jesus with the indigenous people. Hmm. And he even went on a program... I guess uh, that that takes college students on a tour of Israel to affirm their Christian faith. Did they even um, ask Jesus if he wanted to be shared with the indigenous people? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't th- I think on. they feel like they can speak for Jesus. I see. Um, his last note to his family right before he was murdered or killed uh, was said that uh, you might think I'm crazy, but it's worth it for me to give them Jesus. Okay. And so the family's like totally down with it. Uh, one of his best friends from uh, high school s- described him as easy to like and driven by twin passions, a love of the outdoors and fervent Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if That's you ask quite me. A mix. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mm. this is just, I think that is evil. Yeah. Like going to this island of remote people just want to be left the fuck alone. Yeah. And being like, here, you know, let me, let me tell you about Jesus. Next thing you know, they all have AIDS. Yeah. Or rubella or whatever. Right. You know, smallpox. God. It's really weird. Yeah. I, I, and that's like an old kind of Christianity where they were like, literally like, we need to do this. Or these people are going to hell. You it's know? It's the hubris of it all. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, I, I just never understood that. It's like, really? Mm. Like why? Why do those? Why do these? Why would these people be better off with Jesus? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, the, actually, something similar. I don't think uh, he was a missionary, but uh, one of the Rockefeller kids. This happened to him in uh, Papua New Guinea. He was actually eaten by them. He I was believe. eaten by them. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 In the early sixties. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about that. I think he was just doing. I don't know, he was just doing a gap year or something. I don't know. He was on an expedition. Didn't Prince Philip make some kind of off-color joke about that? And yes, he, he caught some. He yes. caught some flack for it. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember what it was. He was like, he made some kind of joke about the Rockefeller kid being eaten by the the Papua New Guinea people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it Prince Philip or was it Prince Charles? Now, I think it was uh, the husband to Queen Elizabeth. Prince okay. Philip, yeah. Okay. Huh. This is back before. I mean, when he wasn't yeah. like ninety-eight. Right. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Christian yeah. missionaries, watch right. out. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. What do you have here for the second story? Well, uh, well, dad forced son, 11, to have sex with stepmom to cure him of being gay. You know, maybe that's what my dad should have done. Mm. And then my brother had been so much better off. Yeah. <laughs> Could have found Jesus <laughs> and vaginas. Mm. Now, does that ever work? 
Uh, no. Yeah, I'm surprised. No. Like, why wouldn't this guy try like gay conversion therapy before making your son have sex with your wife? It's weird in a lot, a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, I mean, this happened in the UK, um, but it's like, first of all, he's 11. Look, <laughs> how like, gay can you be at 11? Right. I mean, first of all, if he's gay, like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. what? Oh, uh oh. You know, I guess you're not gonna get a grandkid, maybe, but like. Whatever, you know? <laughs> like, he's probably gonna... Yeah, he'll have a life where he has a lot of disposable income and he fucks all the time. But he... You know, like, who cares? You know, it is Why kind of is funny. I don't recall when I was that age I, really being aware of homosexuality at all. I guess I just wouldn't really... I, I don't know. I didn't know yeah. any any kids in my high school or grade school that were flamboyantly gay. But uh, this weekend, when I was in San Diego, we went to this area called South Park, and there's a lot of just kind of random stores. Like, you know those kind of stores? You can tell the economy's doing well when there's a bunch of just useless stores that are selling, like, you know, artisanal candles and shit. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But so this guy, this, like, super gay guy, had this store that was selling, like, just a bunch of random like candles and essential oils mm-hmm. and like unicorn like leggings and stuff like this oh like it, yeah like different clothes and things like that okay. and uh my girlfriend wanted to go in to go look at some candles that he had mm. and I, I saw this like mom come in with her two sons and the one son who couldn't have been much older than like eight or nine was freaking out about the purple unicorn leggings and he, I was just like, wow, that's like the gayest kid I've ever seen. Right, yeah. yeah and you're like uh, eight. Yeah. So how gay do you think that kid's going to be at 22? Jesus Which Christ. is great that we live in a society yeah. where you can be that gay. Sure. Yeah. You know? It's fine. Um, yeah. It's just weird. Like, how do you even know yeah, at that it's point? Just, you know? Yeah. How would you know that you're like super gay by the age of eight? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I think when I was 11... All the kids did call me faggot, um, <laughs> but uh, beyond well, so that, that I didn't nickname. really have any idea what was uh. going on. So you know, um, <clears throat> a father forced his 11-year-old son to have sex with his stepmother in a twisted attempt to cure the child from being gay. Yeah, yeah. young Daniel Dowling was made to watch porn and forced into threesomes. Okay. And when he refused to perform a sex act on his stepmom, his dad tried to punch him. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah, that's this is pretty, horrible. That's pretty it's not bad, funny. But it's kind of <laughs> um, Daniel was robbed of a normal childhood, replaced by a sordid existence which right-minded people will find hard to fathom. You know, this, this would be pretty horrible. Yeah. Depending on what his stepmom looks like. Are you talking, does she look like Melania Trump or something? That's a good, that's a good question. You know? Yeah. I don't know why I didn't uh, look that up when I was uh, Yeah, if it was like an attractive this. older yeah. lady, mm-hmm. I could be like, hey, you know, it's not that bad. They're not related. Right, right. Yeah. Mm. Like, I mean, if Donald Trump was letting Barron learn about sex, mm. well, I guess that's his mom. That doesn't count. That's terrible. Yeah, that doesn't make, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's hard to tell because she's, she's older now. All right, Stormy Daniels. If Donald Trump was letting Baron Trump have sex with Stormy Daniels just to learn about sex, I wouldn't say that would be that bad. Um, no. I don't think it would be How that bad. How old is he? He's probably around that age, isn't he? Okay. Like 11. There's something off about that kid, though. 
Yeah, oh, you think so? <laughs> There's something off okay, about okay. that kid. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that would be weird. They're such a normal family, you know? It'd be really strange or something. I, he, he seems, to me, he seems the most normal, you know? A baron? Yeah, he seems the most normal to me, so Well, I at least know. he doesn't say much, so yeah, I think yeah. that's... Uh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's, not very, he's not on Twitter, and he doesn't say much. Right, yeah. Um, so, wait, what does she look like? Um, Is she anyone you'd ever want to have sex with? It's hard to say, man, because a lot of these pictures are... You know, they're, they're, all this stuff happened like 24, oh, oh, five years okay, ago. All right. you know? So maybe she was hot back then. So all the pictures of her kind of, you know, newish, you know. But you can sometimes tell like, oh, wow, that's what you look like. Now you probably are never attractive. Mm. Like Rosie O'Donnell, 20 years ago, wasn't very attractive. Oh, you don't think so? No. <laughs> You've ever seen her in Exit to Eden? <laughs> she wasn't in that. She was. Rosie O'Donnell was in Exit to Yeah, Eden. she was. Ugh, God. Yeah. Wasn't that a softcore porn? No, it was based on... Um, like an Anne Rice book, Anne right? Rice book. It was a comedy. Oh. But, yeah. She, I don't know. I, I, she put on a dominatrix outfit, and I, I found her quite comely. <laughs> All right? So, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, pal. All right? All right. So uh, I'm thinking of League of Our Own. You know yeah. that, that movie, League yes. of Their Own? yeah. She wasn't that attractive in that. All right, Paula Poundstone. Was she more attractive in the 80s? It's hard to say because everything Paula Poundstone wore was terrible. But yeah, to be fair, terrible. that was pro- that, not uncommon. Yeah, that, that, that was the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, you know, she dressed like fucking uh, Steve Harvey used to dress, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Big crazy zoot suits and whatever. That's yeah, part um, of the fashion. I like her voice, though. He has been haunted by his ordeal, even by the smell of his stepmom's perfume, for more than 20 years. But now, he, he has now seen his tormentors jailed after turning detective to prove the guilt of his father, an ex-Ministry of Defense worker. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Warped Richard Dowling was jailed for five years, and his partner, ex-partner, Annette Breakspear, got eight years. They are 62 now, but were 38 when the abuse began. Did your mom wear specific perfume? Probably. If you, if you smelled it, you would know it? No. Oh, it's see, not that, I, I'm sure if there were like traumatic, you know, seriously traumatic events that I associated her directly with her, maybe. Maybe I'm, I'd remember the smell. I would, if I smelled this yeah. perfume, yeah. it was Elizabeth Taylor's mm. Poison. Which I think was really popular in the eighties. Mm. I would totally, it would totally bring to mind my mother because mm. my mother used to just kind of carry it around in her purse, like a right. little thing of it. Yeah. And every time she would fart, she would spray it around and be like, <laughs> "No one can smell if you spray it with perfume." <laughs> <laughs> and so I just always kind of was just like, oh "Now God. I can still smell your fart. It still smells like a fart." Yeah. And now it smells like a perfume fart. Wow. So if I smell that, wow. I would remember. Yeah, I would think of my mom. That's amazing. No, you know what? It's weird though. I do remember because every now and then I'll be like walking down the street, and like I'll smell some woman that has the same perfume like the first girl I kissed wore. Yeah, you know. It's so like I will make factory. those assumptions, but only if it's like romantic or, or sexual for me. You know. Yeah, like, me. It's just all about farts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, you didn't smell that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I'm in the car with you. Jesus Christ. Yep. You're fucking... Uh, <laughs> what's the guy from Psycho? 
Oh, Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, what was his name? Anthony Perkins. Bates. Bates. Norman, Norman Bates. Bates. Yeah. yeah. Your Norman Bates saga would be really <laughs> weird indeed. I have to say. <laughs> David, who's that new woman who checked into the hotel? <laughs> Mom, did you fart? No! No, you're just no. smelling my perfume. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, legal reasons prevented them uh, being identified before today, but they could be finally be exposed after David, 36, bravely waived his anonymity. God, why would you do that? Yeah, this is kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know why. So now it's like now any prospective partner is going to be like, what happened to you? Yeah. That's how you lost your virginity? Mm. I'm going to start mm. stepping back really slowly now. The Get sickening the abuse began when Daniel was 11. Um, he, he told the mirror, it was dad's job to protect me. They stole my innocence and ruined my childhood. I can never get past that. Yeah, so... Didn't, uh, didn't Russell Brand's dad do something similar? The English fans would probably know It's this. been a long time since I've read Russell Brand's autobiography. <laughs> I thought he, like, yeah. Russell Brand's dad, when he was like, I think his parents were divorced, but when Russell Brand was like 12, mm. he took him to like a hooker in Thailand or something. Mm. Something like that. Like that's, and he was just like, you need to become a man. That's that how it happens. That used to be a thing, yeah. yeah. My, da my dad yeah. never did that. Yeah, mine didn't either, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, actually, funny thing, um, my ex-girlfriend, we were already broken up by this point, when, but when she went to rehab, it was like her parents were kicking her out and they gave her like a list of shit she needed to do in order to get considered to move back there. And it was like, go to rehab, read Russell Brand's autobiography. <laughs> it was like one of the top five things she had to do. I don't know why. It didn't really make a lot of sense. It was very strange. But... It's called like my bookie work or some yeah. stupid shit like that. <laughs> God, so glad I don't have to yeah. hear about that guy. Watch anymore. the remake of Arthur. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, Daniel will never forget the day the abuse began. It was a Sunday afternoon. Dowling and Breakspear were playing the board game Frustration with Daniel at home. Daniel recalls, "Dad told me we were going to try something different to take our clothes off whenever someone <laughs> lost." <laughs> By the end of the game, Annette was completely naked. So it was rigged. Sounds like it was rigged. Wow. Yeah. They instructed me to touch and kiss her breasts. Dad was encouraging me to do it, so I thought it was okay. I think that night was a tester of how I'd react because intercourse started after that. Come on, son. Go mm. in for a snog. Mm. Oh, it's okay. What is frustration? Is that like sorry? It must be. I've never yeah. heard of it. I've never heard of it either. Yeah. I don't know if it's a popular game, but... So, sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Daniel's father had met former carer Breakspear through a Lonely Hearts ad after splitting from the lad's mother. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel's... Craigslist, basically. Yeah. Daniel's father had... No, I just said that. During three years together, Breakspear stole Daniel's virginity and abused him more than ten times. Wow. Once he was picked up by his dad from Scouts, taken home and told to give Breakspear a goodnight kiss. I went into their room and she was handcuffed to the bed naked. <laughs> Wait, you, you, every time you do that voice, it makes me think of Twisted Firestarter. Oh. <laughs> do you think that's what happened to him? Because it Probably explains a it lot. must be, yeah. It explains a lot. Fucking must be. <laughs> um. To give her a goodnight kiss. Yeah. 
I gave her a kiss and went to leave, but she asked me to touch her and to untie one of her hands. We had intercourse. Wait, untie her hand? Was she... She was, just said she was handcuffed to the bed naked when he came in. God, could you so, imagine? Go upstairs. Your stepmom's upstairs. Go say goodnight. Give her a kiss goodnight. He gets into the room. She's handcuffed to the fucking bed naked. All right? Could you imagine seeing that as a kid? I, I wasn't that I, attracted to my stepmom, so no. I certainly wouldn't be yeah. like, okay, I'm going to go give her a kiss. I would be yeah. like, Dad, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't understand a lot of this. I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's like you're young and I think you're you know, uh, trained to be abused, like mentally, like they mentally uh, treat. You're mentally coached to be abused or groomed or whatever. Mm. But when I hear stories like this, I think at, at that age, I would have been like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah, She's definitely. naked and handcuffed yeah. to the bed. Yeah. Barf. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Grody to the max. I right. think I would have said that back then. Grody to the max. <laughs> Wasn't that like 1980s? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grody. Yeah. This is bogus, Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we had intercourse, and Dad came and joined in. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just, wow. What the Christ, you know? Is that how you got into restraints and handcuffs? Yeah, that exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, my dad, yeah, my dad had my stepmother uh, handcuffed to the water bed. It's a Peter Gabriel playing in the background. Ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I, growing up, I'm lucky because, but you know, I didn't live with my dad. But I had step a stepbrother and stepsister, and they bore the brunt of his horrors and his abuse. So yeah, I didn't have deviancy. to deviancy. Well, he wasn't deviant. You know, uh, but he was just he, an asshole. Oh, uh, I thought didn't he have sex with a lot of like? Uh, he's a Flanderer, that's, that's right? That's my bio. Biological, yeah, I guess not really a deviant. That's oh, that's bio your bio dad. Okay, yeah, right, you're getting right. mixed up. You're getting mixed yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, so, kids, kids he's eventually. A Lothario, let's say, it, kids kind of yeah. learn to ignore that. I'm a, a friend mm. of mine. His parents got divorced when he was younger. His dad was mm. like, like, just super into swinging, mm. and so uh, he was saying he would go to his parents. Or his, he'd have to stay, you know, visitation with his dad on the weekends. He'd go over there, and his dad would just be like, "Son, I'll be back in a couple hours. Here's a video game." Mm. And then he would just play the video game, and his dad would come back like two or three hours later from the bar with like two young girls, yeah, and just be like, "Son, how's that video game? I bought you a pizza." And they would just go into the room, and he'd just like, you know, I was like, "Could you hear him fucking?" He's like, "Oh yeah." Who is this? I don't want to say his name, but okay. he's a good okay. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was just like, "I would just play the video game," you know. Yeah. I just thought it was that's just yeah. how it was at Dad's house. That sounds pretty good, man. You know, to me. Yeah, I mean, he he, you know, I had to like talk to my dad. And that was not fun. I don't you know? think it'd be that bad. You're like, oh yeah, play Zelda. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna play Zelda and eat pizza. <laughs> That's amazing. That I, is amazing. I just know? thought it was funny. And there's some squeaking in the other room, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a, He was saying that, uh, you know, sometimes the girls would come out and they'd be right. naked and they'd go to the kitchen and grab like a beer or something, go back. And yeah. he was like, he goes, but he didn't think it was weird. But he grew up in California, so it's yeah. a little bit different. Okay. Hmm. Well, um,. Yeah, so uh, how is it different in California? I, th- I think back, yeah. I think people in California are like, you know, they have like fucking nudist beaches here. Yeah, nudist you're right. They're more... It's like people are a little more like open to that than they, they would in Michigan. I couldn't imagine that happening in Michigan. It probably does. That's but... true. 
Yeah, and this is the land of the hot stepmom, too. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's another thing, too. Yeah, we didn't really have those where I'm from. God. Um, so, yeah, another time he was made to view porn before his dad had oral sex with Annette and said, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least his dad was showing... You know, that's the thing. Mm. At least his dad was showing him the ropes. Yeah. You know, a lot of uh, guys... Yeah, a lot of guys, like, you know, we end up, like, starting dating a girl. It's, like, blindly in the blind, figuring everything out. Right. Too bad, uh, I think he just kind of, this just reaffirmed his homosexuality. I think he was, like, no, nah, disgust. He's probably disgusted by sex in Yo, all yeah, forms. Oh, yeah, he's probably, I would, he's probably asexual, I would imagine, <laughs> yeah. you know? Imagine after something like yeah. this, you probably would not think, you probably wouldn't even want to watch porn. No, yeah, if you like, anyone even brings up sex, you got to excuse yourself to, like, inject fentanyl directly into your eyeball or something you know like it's <laughs> probably what or the deal falling is. in the fetal position just shaking yeah 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 uh in another sickening incident daniel was called in to find them naked and engaged in a sex act breakspear then had sex with daniel okay um we'd watch porn in bed together and then we'd have threesomes She'd instruct me on what to do. Sometimes when dad wasn't there, she'd ask me into her room for fondling, followed by intercourse. Bit of, bit of fun, a right bit of fondling. A little there. bit of rumpy mm. bumpy. Mm. <laughs> uh, I was terrible. an only child and spent a lot of time playing Lego, but she'd come in and ask me to do things to her. With the Legos? I don't think so. Oh. No. God, very... I was about to say. That'd be very painful. Yeah. Yeah. So I lost a lot yeah. of Legos. But I'm that making way. the pirate base, you know, like or whatever the thing. You remember the shit you used to build with the Legos, like <laughs> the stupid spaceship guy in his dumb spaceship. Yeah. Uh, in a sickening ex attempt to explain his depravity in his trial, the court, Daniel's father claimed he abused his son to try to steer him in the right direction and not to go the way of being gay because there was sort of like tendencies for him to be gay. I gotta say, being gay sounds a million times more normal than what he had to endure with his stepmom. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. God, I wonder what happens if like he's at a party and someone brings out the game frustration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably becomes very frustrated. Yeah. Uh, all I ever wanted was for him to turn out the right way. Yeah? <laughs> That's what his dad said. Dad said that he did it to stop me being gay because I showed feminine traits as a child. You know, what I don't understand about mm. this is why would the dad... This is why the dad's a true deviant. Because yeah. he was watching his son have mm. sex with his own wife. Mm. Like, why wouldn't the dad just hire him a hooker and be like, I'll stand outside, son. You know, still it's weird. A, it is weird, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. think it's like, for some reason, just a little more acceptable. Right. Plus, no sane hooker would agree to fuck an 11-year-old, you know? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? You That's know? what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You got to go to Thailand for that. Mm. Um, oh, well, this, this is great. This is my favorite part of the whole article. Um, uh, the kid was explaining about his dad thinking he, was, he might had feminine traits one day we were at a car boot sale and my neighbor saw me wrestling an old lady for a handbag <laughs> <laughs> wait yeah. that's why he thought his kid was gay yeah she told to <laughs> she told my dad she told my dad your dan's going to bat for the other side and and dad said no son of mine will be gay 
<laughs> and next thing he took matters into his own hands. Yeah, that's when he took matters into his own hands. <laughs> I just like I just like an eleven year old boy wrestling an old lady for a <laughs> It's a great image. Is that a knockoff Dolce Gabbana? Yeah, it's yeah, mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, it only stopped when Dowling and Breakspear sp- uh, split up around 1996. Wow. Yeah. Man, that took a while. Mm. God. Yeah. So she was just. Did they? We did. They all get sentenced to prison. Like, did they all like serve like the two year British? Hard crime. Terms. Yeah, well, he got sentenced to five years. She got five. sentenced to eight years. Oh, she got eight. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, she was the one doing it. You know. Yeah. So for fuck's it sake. sounds like it was her idea. She's like, I know how yeah. to cure the gayness. Yeah. <laughs> I know what to do. Let's Break. give him some of my minge. Breakspear. Yeah. Sounds like Man. like if William Shakespeare was like a fucking EDM DJ or something. <laughs> Breakspear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With musical performances by Breakspear, Steve Aoki, and God. Paul Oakenfold. Uh, the teenager and his father moved to Weymouth, uh, but Daniel, then 16, was targeted by another pedophile. Police raided the pervert's home and found naked pictures of Daniel. It was then, as he was being interviewed by a child psychologist, that Daniel revealed the years of abuse from his dad and his stepmom. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Um, Dowling was quizzed but claimed his son was an attention-seeking liar. Daniel believes Breakspear was not questioned and there were no arrests. Hmm. So, um, the despairing youngster later tried to kill himself. When the case finally came to trial in May this year, it was claimed that the police treated him shoddily uh, back in 1998 when he first reported it and that one constable even mocked him. Wow, so it took 20 years for yeah. his parents to finally see justice. Uh-huh. Yeah, in 2015, he secretly recorded a phone conversation with his dad when his dad ad- admitted what happened. God, could you imagine Thanksgiving at their house? Well, I yeah. guess they're English, but right. Guy Fawkes Day or whatever. Right, yeah. Your <laughs> Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Like, it'd be just the most awkward yeah. family dinners. Yeah. Unboxing Day. Yeah. Uh, dad used to make me eat mom's box. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel uh, walked in the police station with the recording, and he said this time they took him seriously. Um, yeah, his dad admitted to police that he and Breakspear carried out sordid and deplorable abuse, and he felt ashamed and disgusted. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he... Um, oh, in court, he claimed the abuse was to prevent Daniel turning gay and to protect him from pedophiles. So he would know what was right and wrong. Well, that didn't work out. And to educate him on, about how he should treat women. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, he blamed his actions on undiagnosed depression and said he fell under the influence of Breakspear, who he labeled a Jekyll and Hyde character. Uh, Breakspear was found guilty of three counts of indecent assault. Dowling was uh, guilty of one count of child cruelty and two of sexual offenses involving a child um yeah the judge um told dowling your warped sense of right and wrong allowed him to be exploited by your then partner not just once but again and again you failed to protect him from the sexually predatory behavior of your co-defendant and then she told his co-defendant for your own perverted sexual gratification you 
initiated this boy into a world far beyond anything to which he should ever have had to be introduced at those tender years, madam. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely was doing more mm. damage yeah. uh, than anything else. Oh, yeah. Wow. Fucking hell. Yeah, am. God, mm-hmm. that kid must be, or, or that guy yeah. must be a, a fun time to be around, I imagine. Yeah. He should start a podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to get the demons out. Um, Justice. People, <laughs> people send your story to gmail.com. We have phone calls coming up next. You can call the Sigmarong Drunk Dial line at 323-522-4032. Before we get to our first call, though, uh, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Ah, the holidays. It's snowing outside, the fire is crackling, and there's a big jar of unused lube on your nightstand. And that can only mean one thing. <laughs> It's December. Yes, that time of year that we celebrate Christ's alleged birth with the purchase of a shiny brand new dildo at AdamEve.com. And if you use coupon code DIDDLE on your order, you'll get 50% off your first purchase, three free adult DVDs, and a free gift. Show your loved ones you still care and cram a brand new dildo down their holiday road. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like priests do to altar boys. Hallelujah. Uh, the first call we have here is from a God, an old school listener. Mm. I forgot about this guy. Um, he went by his uh, forum moniker was the sodomizer. Right. Okay. Sick and wrong. This is the sodomizer from the forums. I mean, at this point, it's just me, Iron Man, and the Zuzu that are still on there. Uh, it's Wait, do we still have a forum? No. It, Where would it be? I don't know. I mean, they. I used to have a. Mm. I used to have a link to it mm. on the old site, but I don't even know. Oh, it wasn't on the the site. It was on, not the uh, current mm, site or mm, new redesign. Mm. But on the old site, you click to it and go to uh, the old forum. Mm. But first of all, I didn't even know people still use forums. Right. No, they? they do. Well, if you're a Nazi. I don't know. I don't think uh, I think uh, yeah. incels go on forums. I think most people go to like Reddit or Facebook or whatever now. Yeah, or like you know on the Apple site. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, use that. Where people yeah, are like, why doesn't true. this work anymore? Why did you gaming forums? Yeah, why did you uh, sunset this you know aspect of shit on MacBooks? And why why does nothing work? And why is Adobe, it all terrible? Yeah, have, uh, viable forums. Mm. But this so apparently yeah. these three guys. Are the only guys that hang out on the Sick and Wrong podcast forum. Bluelight.ru and also the Drugs Forum. Their forums, yeah, they're like, you know. They're active? Yeah, they're active. Yeah. It's all like, you know, oh, can I, you know, can I use nutmeg uh, and sand to get off fentanyl or whatever? You know, stuff like that. I used to love the Something Awful forums. Oh, yes. Oh, of course. I was a big fan of that one. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, like, at one point, Hmm. back in, like, 2007, the Sick and Wrong forum was actually kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people on it, a lot of girls posting naked pictures. Right. Uh, Some people Mm. even, like, met each other and got married Mm. on that forum. It was crazy. It was a long time ago. But then it just sort of deteriorated into, like... Just like incels. Yeah. You know, being really angry about not getting laid. And any girl that went there was like, show us your tits or get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were just like, yeah, we're going to distance ourselves from it. Okay. Jeez. Probably been about seven years since I've called in. Definitely pre-Harrison. Um, but I got to say, I, I do appreciate Harrison's enthusiasm. 
both for the fans and the podcast, uh, more so than the effort that Wagner has put forth in the last couple of years. <laughs> but the main reason I'm calling is in relation to a Schlitzy story. Uh, again, I'm, I'm the time-traveling podcast listener at this point. I'm kind of like caught, get caught up. Uh, but I was listening to his, his story about his pegging episode, and I have to agree with Harrison. I, I don't agree that uh, pegging involves just having a dildo cramped up your ass. Right. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Wait, you said it doesn't involve just putting a dildo. That's a yes. butt plug then, right? Well, yeah, or a dildo. Or a know. dildo in your ass. Yeah. Pegging involves a strap-on. Attached, being, to, yeah, attached yeah. to a, wom- to yeah, a yeah. woman's yeah. crotch, yeah. Like a woman taking a fucking dildo and just, you know, That's not your the same thing. Not You're not being thing. pegged, okay. Yeah, yeah. In my, in this reporter's <laughs> opinion. Okay, yeah. I think that it's definitely a role reversal sexual thing. Yeah. Um, there's something different about having a girl with a dildo actually strapped on and fucking you in the ass versus just... You know, taking a dildo and kind of cramming it up there a couple of times. Um, as somebody that has enjoyed pecking in the past, uh, I, so saith the sodomizer. <laughs> <laughs> definitely has to be a strap on, um, and it's it's almost more exciting uh, to have her strap one on and really just kind of bend you over and give it to you from behind. And I'll tell you this, if you guys ever have the opportunity, you definitely need to have a black girl peg Because that takes it to a whole other level. Being in- Alright, when he says bend you over and mm-hmm. do it from behind, what other way would she do it? With you on your back? Yeah. How does that work? You- Can you get down there? You're not going to get penetration there. Yeah. Not as much as from doing yeah, it I mean, you gotta style. Do, if you got to be flexible, but it's doable. Huh. I thought yeah. it was always done from no. the girl behind you. No. no. What, what's what's more That's common? The idea, the the girl behind you is is the most common way because it's, you know. Well, isn't that part of the whole like I guess the excitement? That the is part of the excitement. Like yeah, being dominated. I mean, it's possible to do it the other way. Um, I don't think it's common. What do you have to yeah. lift up your balls? Would your balls like getting like the thing that that the, the strap on would? Not if you're erect. I guess, but yeah. I'd be worried that my balls would get, like, pinched and then pulled into my anus. <laughs> so it's not an escalator. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? What is the matter with you? Yeah. Where'd my balls go? Yeah, yeah. They're in my yeah. anus. Yeah. You get pinched, you know, the skin. It's, it's very oh sensitive. Oh, my God. No. That, <laughs> I just I, never I knew even... you could do it that way. Uh-huh. I just never thought about it. <laughs> But by that logic, that could happen when you're having sex with a woman. Like it'll just get stuffed in there while you're while you're going through. <laughs> you get stuffed in her ass. Yeah, in her vagina, maybe. Well, no, you know? because you have your dick I in the vagina. Not. So I guess it could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So have you ever actually been pegged by a black woman? Yes. And does that go to another level, or yes. is it just the same? It does. To, it does go to another level. Wow, yeah. is she yelling like uh, like like racial slurs to you or something? Is no. that why it's another level? No, take that, honky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a um, it was a deleted scene from "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." 
which is how, which is how I like all of my sexual experiences to be like. It's got a big afro. Yeah, foxy brown. There, there's okay. Let's just say there's there's it adds a, a, an interesting sociological dynamic to things. Yeah, I guess I could I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, even if it doesn't mean to, or even if that's not the intent, you know, it just does. Mm-hmm. What if it's an Asian girl? Not the same. Not the same. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a thing I would spend the rest of my life pursuing, you know what I mean? Um, but it is, he's right. There is an interesting di- uh, added layer to it that can, that can happen. All right. Yeah. What about this? It doesn't necessarily happen, but it can. What about this? Mm. Asian girl dressed up as Pikachu. The Pokemon. That's a, that would. Would my, that be another level? My mind would melt. <laughs> I'd have a stroke. I don't think I'd ever be, even be able to form a sentence after that again. I mean, considering the, the you know, uh, you know, the sociological ramifications of, of of Pokemons and you know how they relate to humankind, um, and you're getting like sodomized by one. You're getting sodomized by one. I that mean, would that would be weird. That'd you, be weird. It'll it'll if if you weren't already woke, you'd be like <laughs> fucking super woke. You know, you'd join a fucking meowth. Liberation Army. You join the Meowth Liberation Army. All right? Okay. White, upper-class male having a black girl strap one on and fuck you in the ass takes it to this entirely different realm of role reversal and degradation. So I thought I was going to put that out there for all the listeners. Uh, I really enjoyed the podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what you guys do for episode 666. Uh, keep it safe, keep it wrong. I'll talk to you guys later. Did he just get arrested at the end of that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he was like just driving. Next thing you know, he just got yeah. arrested. Oh, it's, it takes to a whole new level. <laughs> Jesus. All right, I got to go to my indictment. God. Um, was the girl, was the black girl sodomizing you willingly? <laughs> or was this like a force thing? Mm. Yeah, I wonder where the cops, like they just busted your Motel 6. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> that was really weird. Yeah. God. Well, should we hear that end again? Hold on. Let me just... All of a sudden. Uh, I really enjoyed the podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what you guys do for episode... Freeze, sir! <laughs> Get your hands up! Uh, keep it safe. Keep it wrong. I'll talk to you guys later. Wow. Wow. Mm. Man. Another yeah. thing I could tell you, I could tell the, the kids at home, um, a an African-American uh, transgender woman... Well, then, she wouldn't need a strap on. Then, yes. Then you're then you're in the fucking zone. Then you're in the goddamn thing. Yeah, that that is that even I could tell you level yeah. than a biological the other one, a strap on. The other one, I don't know. If, you know, I don't know if it's it's it, there's probably an added element to it. I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but I can tell you, African American transgender woman. Boom. Because it's like. That's pretty far down on the like as far as people who were disenfranchised by society. Definitely, you I mean, know. You think about it. Yeah. Was she also yelling like honky? Take that! No one yep. was yelling honky <laughs> ever. I would um, ask for that. I, would, okay. I think that should be a. You know, I wouldn't have minded, um, you know. But uh, <laughs> no, I w- it wasn't something. You know, I wasn't something I was expecting or pursuing. You know, I mean, oh. the, the, in the latter yeah. instance, this is actually somebody that I, I don't know, dated for six weeks, maybe. Hmm. You know, um, the I think I've showed you a picture of it. Looked like Janet Jackson. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, a little more Latoya, but right. So, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> All right, 
could have helped. Uh, so I guess the pinnacle yeah. of uh, sociological dynamic mm-hmm. weirdness would be, yeah, an African-American transgendered uh, woman. Yes. That would be a little higher. Yeah. But, hmm. And again, I don't, I, don't, I don't recommend anyone pursuing this, per, you know, for its own sake. Specifically, Just because yeah. then you become some kind of a... Well, then uh, you're weird fetish. Feti- you're fetishizing yeah. people, you know? Yeah, that, that yeah. that's weird. I think it yeah. has to happen organically yes, it does. for it to really be effective. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, there uh, you go. Sodomizer, or mm. should we call you Sodomize? Does uh, that make more sense? Yes, we should. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, Sodomizer slash mm. Sodomize. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're still listening after all these years. Uh, it's always good to uh, reconnect. Whatever happened to Iron Man? That guy was a weirdo. That guy was a real deviant. Mm. Yeah, it's this weird guy. Uh, they used to be uh, very, uh, very active on the forums. Mm. Don't know whatever happened to him. He was an odd one. Well, actually, was never particularly fond of that guy. Okay. So, yeah, it would be interesting to find out what happened. Thank you for calling in. Uh, we have another story here about uh, birth. Mm. Birth. Hi, second wrong. Um, so I was listening to the show, and it, it was a couple weeks ago. You asked for the sickest story. So I work in an operating room, and uh, I walk into work one day, and I get a trauma call. And uh, this woman is wheeled back. She's eight months pregnant and just hemorrhaging blood out of her vagina. Uh-huh. And, like, uh, everybody's, like, scrambling to try to save this baby. Mm. And uh, Picturing, like, an I evil an dead am- type of situation. Yeah. Anesthesia, and as soon as we put her under and we get her up in the stirrups, um, the baby falls out of her vagina. Oh, nerds. Oh, <laughs> oh man. man. Whoosh. Did it, like, bungee back in, though? Because it's, uh, you know, the umbilical cord. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, a dead baby fell out of this woman's vagina. Jeez, and, um... and, uh, and it was so awful, the uh, nurse circulator started vomiting, and oh. the tech vomited in her mask. What? And, uh, yeah, so... That's like in like in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, uh, yeah, where it's like a zombie yeah. baby yeah. or something. Oof. God, is that it? No. No, okay. But so wait, the baby falls out. Should there be some kind of like professional protocol? No, everyone's not supposed to start puking. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably not. But I mean, was mm. the baby like, you know, uh, gangrene or something? I mean, mm. did it smell like it had been rotting in there or was it just a regular dead baby? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. It seems like there's probably some other things you should do before you start vomiting all over the place. Yeah, yeah. maybe catch check it. Check to see if it'll catch <laughs> yeah, it. Check to see alive. if it's alive. You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't let it slide across the floor. Yeah. That is the sickest thing I've ever seen. Um, and yeah. I want to say, uh, Harrison, I am seven years sober, and your life can still be wildly fucked up and entertaining and still be sober. So keep up with it. All right, late. Keep up with it. <laughs> I don't think he's listening to too many recent shows. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll yeah. we'll we'll uh, accept yeah. that. Okay. Um, so I want to know what happened. The aftermath here, like, yeah. was the mom being like, "Is it a boy?" You know, like, did the mom know it was dead? I would imagine she probably wasn't that conscious if she was hemorrhaging that much blood. God. Mm. Would you, if your girlfriend or wife or whatever is having a kid, would you want to be in the room? Yeah. 
Could you watch it from that end, or would you stand next to her? I'd like, stand next to her. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, from same that with end. me. Yeah. I just I'm going to want to see that. Yeah, no, why, why, why would I want to? God, that? that'd be difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um. God. Yeah. Mm. What happens? I want to know about the aftermath of this. Like, did it? Did you let her hold it? If you're not in the room, you would never hear the end of the fact that you weren't in the room. Oh yeah, you especially know? for yeah. dead baby's yeah. birth. Yeah. Like, did, Remember, honey, the dead baby birth, and you weren't there. <laughs> and that time that we I, I, we went to have dinner at my mother's, and you had to leave early. Both of those things. Be like Don Draper. Mm. I'll be at the bar. Yeah, I'll yeah. come back after you know, everything's all set. Yeah, let me hold the baby. Yeah, I'll just pick it out from the room. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, what what happens in this situation? Do they? Let you hold the baby? Do you take it home with you to bury it in your backyard? Or like, what? what? That's a great question. Um, I don't think they do. You're not allowed to mm. bury it in your backyard. I don't think so. I think in there's specific box. rules about not letting people have human remains. You know. Well, do they cremate it for you? Like, if you because I've long wanted to make a horn out of a tibia, <laughs> but um, uh, so I can you can't get it perform the chewed ritual. But uh, yeah, no, you can't. You could probably get one from like Africa or something. It's illegal to have it. I'd have to do it through... Or Mexico. You know, some kind of mummy dealer or something that's illegal. An illegal mummy dealer. dark web or something. Yeah, Yeah, I'd like to know what what happened after, but that's a pretty Mm. disgusting story. That's Yeah, that's wild. That's that's very, very sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's gnarly. All right. Last call we have Mm. here is a guy who... uh, had an encounter mm-hmm. with a friend of his, and he has a question for us okay. about this encounter. All right. Uh, is that gay? Which is very gay, by the way. Um, I have a story here. Uh, I've, I've been buddies with the same guy for a long fucking time. I, I've known him since since high school. I was a senior. He was a freshman at that point, and it went on... We've been, we're still friends now, and uh, this was a couple years ago. But uh, um, I was over at his house. His girlfriend was at work, and he made a joke. We we were always joking about gay shit, like oh, you know, we we we, we he'd bend over and I'd fucking act like I'm fucking him, or you know, he's just stupid shit like that, just stupid gay shit like that. And uh, at one point... You know, I, I remember back in like the 90s or whatever, you'd be like, oh, you're gay, or everything was gay, you know? Mm, yeah. You, you would say stuff like that, but I don't recall ever just like grabbing my friend and like mm. pretending to like sodomize him or whatever. I don't think I ever did that or like full on like rodeo and everyone's like clapping their hands. You, it sounded like you had the group of friends that does dumb shit like that, where it's like, ah, oh, he fell asleep. You know, let's like stick a pool cue in his yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. I, let's <laughs> let's sexually violate him. That never it's happened funny. to me. Or whatever. Although yeah. this now now that mm-hmm. you're saying this, it brings to mind. Remember, Epic Farter called in, and yes. he had that story about that benefactor that was like helping his group, right? And the yeah. guy like yeah. sodomized him in front of everybody, right? But like not really, like through his mm. pants. But same kind of deal, like us. Yeah. But isn't that kind of weird that you're like your best friends? You do that all the time. It's a very broke back mountain kind of thing to do. I don't think it's either, like, it doesn't sound gay, because it's not like, I don't know, I don't, gay people, like, do that, you know, as a, like, funny thing, like, they're like, this is what we do, right? You know, like, I don't think that's a thing, and it's also just, 
weird because it's not like what does that mean what is that how is that supposed to be funny i don't get it i, don't I get think, what the gag is there i think there's some repressed desires going on okay all that's right what I, that's what i'm thinking okay he came up to me and he said i want to suck your dick see exactly <laughs> that's right it leads and into this i just kind of looked at him like oh that's so funny you're just making a joke here yeah is this schlitzy it sounds a lot like Schlitzy. We have some guys that call in that really do sound like Schlitzy, but this is not Schlitzy, I don't think. This is not huh. Schlitzy. Yeah. Wow. No. I thought this was like the first time where like Schlitzy's like, the first dick I ever sucked. Yeah. No. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Fuck you, D, you Jew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty like good him. impression, actually, yeah. And I just blew it off, and then... Well, he, yeah, you he did. Like, <laughs> looked at me, and he's like, yeah. I'll suck your dick. I'm like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Mm. And he's just kept staring at me like, I'll fucking suck your dick. Do you ever drink a lot of Zima with any of your male friends back in the 90s? No. All right. Never mind. Keep okay. playing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was, I, I, at that point. I, Mike's hard lemonade. Sure. <laughs> you know, but, uh,. No, no Zima, sorry. Mm. I think this is what happens when you drink too much Jägermeister yeah. with the, mm. with your fellow frat boys. Mm. I didn't know what the fuck to do. I'm not, I, had, I don't think I'm gay. But at that point, I was like, okay, let's see how far this will go. And uh, I was like, all right. You know what, this is weird to me. <laughs> like, I think like if I were just like full on gay, I don't even think I'd, be that interested in sucking anybody's dick, you know? I'd be like, if I was in a you know committed homosexual relationship, I might be like, all right, it's been like a month since I sucked this guy's dick. I best, guess I better do it, keep him happy. Am I right? Society or whatever, you know? But I think like, a lot of women feel that way. Yeah, I don't think a I'd be like I've dated. into it. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's, like, I want to do this thing, you well, know? My brother told me that it's like a gay man's handshake. Is a mm, poor job. Okay. So it's very, you know, very normal. Although, I think what I thought you were going to say is mm. even if you're gay, you wouldn't want to suck your best friend's dick because it kind of, it's weird. That too. It changes the dynamic that too. of the yeah, relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like when you have sex with the female mm. friends. Yeah. Oftentimes, that could just, you know, it can go either way. It could ruin the relationship or maybe you get it out of the way and then you guys can just, you don't want to have that tension anymore. That's true, yeah. You know, that, I've had yeah. that happen. But I, I do think it just yeah. changes your, especially if it's someone you've known for a long time. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Because you, you don't know what the result's going to be. Yeah, yeah. You it's know? Like yeah. Crap shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, pull down your pants. And uh, I hesitated, <laughs> stared him in the eyes for a second, and like, where the fuck, what the fuck? I'm so lost fuck? in love. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I pulled down my pants. And he got down on his fucking knees. And he put my dick in his mouth. <laughs> That's how it works. And then after like... Yeah, I mean, he tried. He tried. And I, I let him. it go. I let it go. I let <laughs> him fucking try. <laughs> <laughs> how long are we talking here like his heart grew three sizes five, five, five minutes mm. 20 minutes mm. like what are you talking about an hour and I let it go and after like five to seven minutes it, I could not get a heart on it mm. I was just like this is fucking weird and uh 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, I basically just told him, hey, th- th- this is not going to fucking work. Hmm. I pulled up my pants. And, and then what do like, you do? You know what? Hmm. It actually kind of, it, it, it turned a signal somewhere where I was like, okay, let's try it the other way. You fucking sit down, pull down your pants, and I sucked his dick. Hmm. And after like <laughs> I did not see seconds, it go in this direction. And after 30 seconds, call-ins. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for part two. Yeah. I was thinking at the end when he was like, all right, this is not working. Mm. Then what do you do? Go like go back to watching CSI or something? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and like act like that never happened. And the guy's girlfriend comes home and it's right. just like, ah, oh, no, we're just two dudes yeah. drinking Zemos watching CSI. Yeah. <laughs> like, but apparently something clicked mm. and there's a part two. Okay. Fuck you guys. Extension to the fucking gay story. Extremely gay story. Okay. Well, after like 30 seconds, the dude fucking came in my mouth. And it was fucking disgusting. I had to get up and I fuck it. I didn't puke or anything, but I spit it out all over the fucking sink. And, uh... But... The the fucking thing was the positive side. I don't all. look at dudes as attractive. He did not swallow his kids. <laughs> they are not, they are not now swimming in his They're stomach. Not swimming in his stomach. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like chicks are attractive. I I don't find guys attractive at, uh, at all. At all. But somehow, in that sexual way, the sexual way was attractive. The sexual way. The sexual way. Wasn't there a movie with Woody Harrelson? Mm. Or that was the cowboy way. Oh. But they're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a self-help book. Mm. <laughs> the sexual way. Yeah. This... Yeah, how to suck your best friend's mm. dick. Mm. <laughs> and that's extremely gay. I know that. I have uh, like I don't see myself as even bisexual or gay. I don't see myself as bisexual or gay. I see myself as straight, but at the same time, you like to suck thing, a dick every now and then. I don't know what it was about it. Like I don't want to fuck a dude in the ass. I don't. I even the the the, the fucking thing of like kissing a guy is fucking disgusting. I don't even want. I don't want anywhere near it. But at the same time, like sucking this dude's dick was actually. Is this quite fun? I wonder if this is like an inner dialogue going on in his head. That he's just calling. Well, yeah, him. he's trying to figure out what yeah. the fuck his thing is. You know? He's yeah. trying to rationalize yeah. this encounter. Yeah. It's weird. Very, very weird. It is weird. And it's exactly mm. why you don't suck your best friend's like dick. That. Yeah. Well, well, there mm. you go. I mean, there's no way that wouldn't be weird. Yeah. No. I mean, if, you want, if you're curious about sucking a dick, mm. could you just go to a gay bar and meet a dude and like suck his dick? You could, but I, but I, I think it sounds like, you know, obviously I'm somebody who operates on the spectrum, right? The Kinsey the spectrum, spectrum. The, oh. and the autism <laughs> spectrum, both spectrums. Um, and uh, you know, it's it sounds like no, that probably wouldn't have worked because I think that, you know, 
the thing is, it's like he's not something about this particular act with this particular person piqued his interest. In the sexual somehow. way, yeah, the sexual way. That was the sexual way. Yeah. So you're thinking he would have sought Harvey. it out. Um, like he wouldn't have gone and sought this. No, out, it wouldn't have. And it wouldn't have had any. You know, it would have been bad. He would have not thought about it ever again. Or tried, you know, um, but there was something about because sometimes that could be a thing. Sometimes like the the idea of a sexual act that, that you're involved in is attractive to you, but the people aren't actually are, hmm. are irrelevant and and you know to you. So they're arbitrary. It doesn't even yeah. matter. It's just yeah. it's uh, the fact. That in the same way that like happened. like if you're watching or like if I'm watching porn where it's like a guy's fucking a, a chick, you know, in some it, it's like that guy could be fucking. 70 years old, he could be 20 years old, he could be fucking fat as fuck, he could be thin. It literally does not matter to me. I don't give a fuck what he looks like, you know? Because I'm looking at the chick, I'm looking at the, the act of what's happening going on there, the restraints used. That's what I'm paying attention to. So do you think that he's not attracted to his friend? I think he is attracted to his friend. So he is attracted to his friend? Yeah. But it says like I don't he- think he's necessarily attracted to men. I think he's attracted to his friend. Okay. You know? so the, do you think it happened again? My guess is no. My guess is no, it didn't happen again. So it was just one of those one-time things. Mm. I wonder if it was... Uh, but I don't know. It could have. Might have. God. This he, is, he probably wouldn't have said... If it had happened again, he probably wouldn't say, I still think about it all the time. You know? Or every now and then, like he said in the call. But it sounds like his friend who initiated is thinking about it often. Oh, probably, yeah. So is it kind of like the dead baby in the room? <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> Good yeah, God. I, you know, I don't think this... No. I think this was like obviously a gay mm-hmm. incident. Mm-hmm. I don't think either one of these guys are necessarily gay. Right. You know, I mean, I think it's... I do think it, it'd be a weird mm. situation mm. to occur between two friends, though. Yeah. Because now you're going to have to deal with that. Well, because some people say like, oh, you know, the, you know, like, oh, if you go to prison, well, it's okay if a dude sucks your dick or if you, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, whatever, but you can't suck a guy's dick or whatever the fuck. Um, I don't think this is really true. I think like making out with a guy is pretty much like. I think that's if, gay or Yeah, that yeah. is definitely, you know, that means like you're re- attracted to the person and you're like into it. You know, you know, a lot so. of women think that uh, a blowjob though is more mm. intimate than like actual sex. Yeah, I've heard. I've, I've heard of that too. Yeah, I've often thought that was uh, mm. due to them just not wanting to give you a blowjob. I see. You know, and part of the you know the difference, I kind of feel that way about oral sex with women. You know, you don't like, like going down there and giving oral sex. No, I do, but it, I prefer to do it to somebody I know. Like I don't want to oh, do it to, oh, to like I just to, met. like a girl you just you know met. What I mean? Yeah. It just seems. It does seem, in some ways, like a more intimate act. Well, I think than that's, that's eating sex. ass, maybe. But like, I like to know a girl before I'm I just do saying that. this is how I feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it is yeah. true, though. I think. It, yeah. I think. Yeah, I definitely think there's a point. Instead of just like yeah. mashing your genitals together, right? You know, you're actually. Yeah, definitely. Low, low, quite a bit more intimate. Yeah. Um, that's one thing about though, about that you don't have to fear. I guess if you're going down there and giving a girl head or giving a girl oral, you know, sure, there might be like a three-week-old tampon in there, but that's never happened to me. Mm. I mean, or, you know, or a yeast infection or something. But when a girl's giving a guy Mm. oral sex, 
there's a good chance she might get a load in the face or the mouth. Mm-hmm. It's just something you have to deal with. Right. You know, and then that's, and that's something that, yeah, I couldn't imagine that. I mean, yeah, I, and I would never encourage a woman to do that if I don't know her that well. Because it's like, you don't know what you're doing, sweetheart. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? exactly. Like, there's certain things that I like, and you're not going to figure it out right now. And it's just like, cut, cut, cut your losses, all right? Like, you know? let's just, yeah, let's yeah. just, uh, we can try this next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's already awkward enough. The first time I ever had sex with a girl, it's already, yeah, already, already kind of awkward. Yeah, because yeah. you don't really know what you're doing, right. or, you know, it's like, and not to mention, it's like I'm already probably kind of excited, so it's mm. like... It could, the whole sexual act could end yeah. in those two seconds of me mm. putting my dick in your mouth. Mm. And we don't want that to happen. Yeah. You know, give me at least my 30 seconds of penetrative sex. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, well, that was an interesting story. Um, did you guys go uh, fishing for a weekend after that or mm. go to a cattle ranch on a yeah. mountain? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I wish I could quit you. Fishing for eels. <laughs> yeah, mm. fishing for eels. Mm-hmm. I think that's the code. That's the code. Fishing for eels four. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, yeah. hey, honey, uh, I'm gonna go fishing for eels with Tom over here. Okay, mm. we'll we'll be back uh, yeah. in a couple days. That's Bye. my favorite video on the FarmerBoys.com website. <laughs> <laughs> fishing for eels. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a video you'd on. Uh-huh. All right, people, call the sticker on hotline three two three five two two four zero three two. Uh, we got to get out of here. Um, I got to say thank you to everybody. I give thanks for all of our sick and wrong patrons. Yeah. I do. Uh, you know, you really do help yeah. the show going. As a matter of fact, with the money we received from Patreon, I was actually able to buy a laptop Yep. Uh, th- this week. I haven't bought a new computer since my iMac in 2007. Yeah, this thing's like on its last fucking Yeah, it's just crazy to, to even think about mm-hmm. that. So I actually bought a new laptop. Thanks yeah. to all the people at Patreon. And same with Harrison. Harrison, yeah. uh, you got a new laptop too. That's so right. it's kind of cool that we're able to... Uh, you know, buy equipment for the show and just, you know, have extra money for that. So we do mm. really appreciate it. And in return, we give you a lot more nonsense. We do. 30 to 40 minutes of extra mm. bonus nonsense mm. in a regular show. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think uh, I just posted an outtake today from last week's show. It's like 20 minutes of two growing, more or less heterosexual men talking about the cartoon She-Ra. Yes. The new animated, okay. <laughs> Netflix's animated yeah, She-Ra. Yeah, and yeah. we had a long mm. conversation about this. Yeah. It's pretty odd yeah. that we would even be talking about this. But we did. Uh, and you know what? Actually, we bring cogent points up. We do, yeah. About, about the debate on She-Ra. And the lack of Hordak. And the lack of Hordak. Mm. That's true. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's just part of all the cool things that we post mm. to Patreon. You know, not everything can make it to the show. You know, we get a lot of calls. Um, you know, we get extra uh, extra stories, so we post all that extra stuff to Patreon. So by signing up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong, you get all that bonus contents, and you get that warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the show. It's always good. It's word. Uh, finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. I'm going to dedicate this one to George Costanza, mm. not uh, mm. the other guy. Adolfo. The evil George Costanza. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm dedicating this one to George Costanza, the character from Seinfeld. It's a song called Come to the Sabbath. By Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah, yeah. I do love all those bands that were like late 60s, early 70s, just the occult rock English bands. These guys were from Leicester, England. Leicester? Leicester? How do you say that? Leicester? Leicester. Uh, Okay, Leicester, England. And uh, they're Mm. from... uh, uh, the, like September 1969 mm. is when the band formed, mm. 
And uh, they're mostly known for their use of satanic and occult imagery in their music and stage act. Kind of like Coven. Mm. I mean, Coven was like well ahead of the game. Yeah. They're like doing that five years ago. Well, I was actually kind of, uh, I was uh, Facebook friends with Clive Jones. Oh, from uh, Black Widow? Yeah, from Black Widow. <laughs> and, re- and remember I showed you, because I interviewed him on my old radio show, and I showed you that other band. He was an Agony Bag. Oh, yeah. Agony Bag. Agony Bag, yeah. <laughs> Where it was basically that. like they dressed up like uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show transvestites <laughs> and did kind of a weird sex business oh, I forgot all act. about that, yeah. yeah. yeah Rabies this is, is a, a little killer. More, I don't want to say Black Widow is more serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because they're often compared... Yeah. To Black Sabbath. Right. But I got to say, yeah, Black Sabbath is a mm. whole other level of mm. evil. Mm. I don't know if you find this evil, but this is definitely an entertaining song. Um, so we're going to end the show here mm. with Black Widows Come to the Sabbath. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 663. Till then, take a sweezy. Search for knowledge I must learn the secret art Who dares to help me raise the one Whose very name seals my heart <laughs> Discard your clothes and come on foot Through streams and fields and moonlit moors Your body soaked in secret oils Herbs will heal your sores. Join me in my search for power. Wives and husbands, bring your kin. We'll be as one within the hour. Let the Sabbath now begin. Come, come to the Sabbath. Come to the Sabbath. Satan's there. Come, come, come to the Sabbath. Come to the Sabbath. Satan's there. Come, come, come to the Sabbath. Come to the Sabbath. Satan's there.
Mephistopheles is such a mouthful in Manhattan, Johnny.